Anime is a vast and varied medium, and if you're not already familiar, it can be daunting to find something you might be interested in watching. This is a podcast where three average anime enjoyers introduce their uninitiated co-host to their favorite anime touchstones, so he can join them deep in the weeds. This week we watched Carol and Tuesday. Carol and Tuesday is a 24 episode anime television series directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, the director of Cowboy Bebop. Among other things, but that's most notably what he's known for. It was animated by Studio Bones, the studio which did Full Metal Alchemist, among other notable titles that we haven't covered yet. The show was created as a commemoration of the studio's 20th anniversary and the 10th anniversary of record label Flying Dog. The English dub premiered worldwide on Netflix on August 30th, 2019. In the future, on a partially terraformed Mars, Tuesday Simmons runs away from her affluent lifestyle as the wealthy daughter of a politician and makes her way to Alba City to pursue her dream of being a musician with just a suitcase and her Gibson acoustic guitar. On her first day in the city, she crosses paths with Carol Stanley, an orphaned refugee from Earth and another aspiring musician who plays the piano. The two decide to team up as a singer-songwriter duo under the name Carol and Tuesday. We watched episodes 1, 2, 3, and 18. And this this is... I did this. Who did this? <laughs> I did this. You did this. Um, and I, I do have one question about your selection, but I'll actually save it. On. No, I'll, I'll save it because it's only uh, for one episode, and it's our last episode, so I'll, I'll save my question for then. Okay, I think I know what it is. Yeah, uh, you probably so I, know what I it shall, is. I shall explain okay. later, um, just in case I'm wrong. So why did I do this? Well, I did this because I didn't initially watch this when it first came out. Uh, music anime are mostly a miss with me, just because typically they're full of the same kind of tropes, setup, breakdown, not my jam. Uh, however... I remember specifically seeing two reviews of the 2019 season that this came out in. Specifically, I'll name drop Giguk and Mother's Basement. And both had such glowing reviews about this show. Yes, it does have some cliches. I think they're handled personally pretty well. But then they, they kind of both just dropped in the line. By the way, this is by... uh Shinichiro Watanabe, uh, and also a soft sequel to to an anime we've watched before. Bob, uh, do do you remember that underknown title called Cowboy Bebop? Sounds familiar. This is a year after its last episode. Okay, that's essentially when this takes place. Um, uh, and this show, I, I go on. Uh, in the first episode, we get to see Tuesday writing in her journal, and I mark down that specifically it is uh, April 11th of the year 0049, I believe. Correct. This this show kind of does a lot of soft world, like kind of solidifying of the world building and time frame that people have been living on Mars. Now, it's entirely possible, kind of like in one of the Gundam series, they, that maybe we finally switched over to a new calendar in the universe 49 years ago. But either way, it's like, okay, 
so we get an idea of that like there are some little world building drops that are really nice that weren't necessary in Bebop, but would have been kind of interesting to have. And it just, it really it just serves to make the show better when you catch them. But I don't oh, really ahead. know if it needed it because like the show takes place in new Brooklyn and some, like they literally drop, like, you know, they're using Instagram for stuff and like the way that mm-hmm. they show virality is very like modern day understanding with cell phones and all of that. So like I'm actually I have not seen anything that is a reason for it to be in the future. I guess except maybe um because they get into like a uh, uh, political intrigue by setting it uh, on Mars in the future, they can be like, oh, it's using these factions that, you know, aren't directly identifiable as, as uh, current day. I can actually address, I can address the Instagram thing specifically. Um, Because one of the things, the social media wars. Yeah. Not, I mean, sure. In universe, we could take that, but there's actually a real world reason for it. Uh huh. Had this show for American audiences and most Western audiences not been locked behind Netflix jail, this would have come out episode to episode. And with each episode, their actual in full English Instagram page would upload certain scenes from the show. Not obviously, you can't necessarily nail down as they happened, but as they were relevant and in order, and they appeared in the episode. Like when we see in was it episode two or episode one or two where we get Carol uh, waking up before Tuesday? Yeah, it had to be episode two, and placing the little Gibson guitar picks on her eyes. Yeah, for example, yeah. that things happening in real time to drive engagement. And again, most shows don't typically do that for anime. So it was kind of a cool thing, niche thing that happened, but that's specifically why Instagram exists in this sense here. Why it had to survive the social media wars and the collapse of Earth. They were trying to make it like a ARG. That, that's actually cute. Sure. That's like the, um, yeah. I, that feels like the, uh, you know, all good memes die as soon as brands jump on board and it's like, uh, God, was it last year when everybody was excited because somebody was publishing, um, like parts of Dracula sort of in real time as the letters would have been sent or mm. whatever it was? Yeah, I remember that. Yes. Uh, that's always a fun thing to do. Yeah. And so it had a lot of like little cool world, real world kind of tie ins there that, you know, may not make logical sense in certain circumstances. Uh, but you know, it, you know, there's a real world explanation, so it's kind of like a hand wavy moment. Um, they don't linger terribly long on it. The other reason, though, let's circle back to why I ended up watching this. Other than the like soft tie-in to the Cowboy Bebop expanded universe, mm-hmm. is we did a little pre-gaming here today uh, for the audience at home and. There are two scenes in two back-to-back episodes where we get performances by characters other than our main characters on essentially what is Mars America's uh, America's Got Talent or Mars Idol uh, in the show called Mars Brightest that were just so ridiculously unique that I had to let my inner absurdist 
just dive in on this. Specifically, uh, what was it? the Mermaid Sisters and OG Bulldogs performance. Just go look them up on YouTube. You'll have a good time, probably. This one had been on my list. Like, I wanted to check it out and then just never got around to it. Um, but yeah, because of the names attached, I was like, oh, I should check that out because it'll probably be good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, when we picked this show on the last episode, I kind of confused myself because I was like, oh, this is that show that's tied to Bebop. And then I was like, no, it's a different show that's tied to Bebop uh, because I was thinking of Kids on the Slope also directed by Watanabe in uh, collaboration with Yoko Kano on the soundtrack. So I, I I could not have been wrong. They are both a Bebop show. The thing that I did not know, which I am excited about, is I did not know that Watanabe and Yoko Kano also collabed on Macross Plus, which is uh, maybe one of my favorite. It's an OVA and is probably my favorite part of the whole Macross IP, I guess. Yeah, that was his directorial debut. Yeah, and it's I've good heard as hell. Things. Yeah, we should watch that for fun at some point. But yeah, so this, so with all these factors, I dived in essentially, and I don't remember which video came out first between Gigguk and Mother's Basement, but that was the first one to kind of get me to look at the first episode, and the other one kind of reinforced continued viewing. Not that I was having a hard time with it, but I was just kind of added to the engagement in a sense, the uh, hype as it were. And I felt the show for the praise I heard it get lived up to it. I don't, I don't feel that the hype was absurdly out there. I don't think anyone was saying like, Oh, it's the next bebop, but I would say it was arguably as good, but in different ways. And I felt it deserved to be on display in our list. I don't think it became its own genre unto itself, but yeah, I, I, hey, here's something interesting. I didn't have any major problems with this show. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, let's, uh, get right into episode one, shall we? Alright, it's been a minute since I've kind of ran with the show, uh, so here we go. We start off with our first episode, um, hearing about this seven minute miracle and get used to seeing that at the intro because boy is it repeated uh we're introduced kind of about two girls who kind of help out mars and at this point i'm like oh great here we go we're going to be watching some fantasy thing set in space because that's what anime does that's all i know about anime is most things are in space a lot of stuff is your imagination whether fantasy or sci-fi Outside of anything with robots, I suppose, that tends to be military-driven. But then we get to see this girl, this normal human girl, sneaking off out of her house and going to what she considers the city. Uh, To get there, she is taking her suitcase, she's taking her Gibson guitar. We know it's a Gibson guitar because it says it. Uh, Shout out to Kalamazoo. And it's an interesting trip because she's pushing, she's dragging, and eventually starts riding the suitcase. Like which horse. is at that point I realize that this isn't Victorian era. This isn't arguably current era. It's somewhat in the future because it's got that whole 
electronic sidekick picture. The suit so Bob, talk to you. Quick interrupted. I'm sorry. You said she looked yeah. normal, but then you described Victorian. Would you not say what? she maybe is rich? <laughs> I didn't get rich until we, uh, spoiler alert, find out later on that she is. I didn't realize okay. that she came from a all-to-do family till much later on. I mean, that was a pretty uh, big house she was leaving. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, get, I get that, but I wasn't sure if that's just, like, status quo for people around. Okay. Maybe fair. she was the helps child. Okay, don't really fair. have any establishment on Tuesday. I, I just other kinda, than she has... I like the idea that, like, she was trying to climb out through a window while wearing, like, her fur, her full normal going-out dress. And then uh-huh. kind of gave up on it and was like, I'll oh, take the door. way too often. Yeah, but it's just like, Don't, you know, uh, here, I'm going to get this out of the way now. One of like maybe two complaints, and I won't even say complaints, critiques I really have that stand out above all else for me. The constant repeating of the seven minute miracle at the beginning. Like, sure, the first couple episodes, I get it. It doesn't need to be the whole series. And, and the fact that I like, think that's just a washing back to back thing that hits a little harder yeah. than it would be week to week. And I agree, and I guess this is why I'm complaining, because the complaint is definitely more at Netflix than anything, because, you know, Netflix, you really bungled this one, just hands down, uh, and handling its release. Uh, take that, we're never getting sponsored by Netflix. Um, the other is that, you know, Carol really doesn't get a, a lot of wardrobe changes compared to, or excuse me, Tuesday doesn't get a lot of wardrobe changes compared to Carol, and that kind of irked me, especially considering girl come from money i'm gonna comment on that later on actually go for it when you you know when you're ready yeah we're going to do a quick sneak in on netflix here uh i watch things with subtitles but i Mm -hmm. also watch this dubbed i watch this dubbed with english subtitles oh most most shows are fairly close yeah this show was not yeah. any stretch Bruh. like to, to hear the speaking was absolutely fine and then it's like netflix tried to shorten it down and then include stuff that wasn't there for example in this episode she talks about how she was searching for something and netflix is like oh i googled it <laughs> they're looking for extra yeah. money i don't understand well in in japanese if that's the translation of what they say yeah, it's it's the one to one with the cultural. Difference. The subtitles are the Japanese lines translated. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was not a lot of um, correlation here. Yeah, it's it's there, but it's not necessarily in the order you would be used to as the lines are delivered. Believe me, I I did take note of that, that and was, I would say I would advise people to actually, if you're going to watch this dubbed, do not put on subtitles because it turns distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's a fair statement. For me, I kind of just write it off as, you know, nature of the beast. I think Joe might, I'm going to be liberal and assume here that Joe might be on the same page as me as understanding where that comes from and Nick as yeah, well. Yeah, I understand where it comes from, but yeah, it's hard to, like, focus both when you're hearing something different than you're reading. Oh, agreed. And I will say this too, I did not check. I think, though, that's the only English subtitle on there. There might, yep. If there's a second one, then, you know, if you do watch the subs, you know, make sure you, you know, give it a second. If it doesn't line up, choose the other. But yeah. Yeah, I get what you're coming from, Bob. And I, I thought of you when I saw that. So, uh, Tuesday gets to the train station, and she's going to all the city. 
uh, because why not name a city Alba? Alba means white in Latin. Oh. Uh, thank you. I, I specifically put in my notes Jessica Alba City. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. The reason I did that, we've seen in Bebop, and I admit, I've heard good things about Kids on the Slope. I've never stopped to watch it. I might remediate that one day. Um, that being said, Shinichiro Watanabe loves him some Western media references, both music and film. So part of me wonders if that was actually kind of a subtle thing. I could not find anything to support that, but that's kind of my own little headcanon. Oh, also, Alba is the plural of album, oh which is there it is really? more relevant. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's what did, it is, hands down. I've learned something today. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, same, and I'm – Joe, thank you being the little gremlin that you are at research. <laughs> I'm like, there's a connection, and I'm not getting it. I Thank you. I feel like if you went into a record store and just put your hands on your hip and said, wow, look at all the album album. in here, I think you get the crap kicked out of you. <laughs> Depends on the record store. They might actually just make you a member. Depends on the record store. You're right. So apparently Tuesday only got the certain ticket because she is rushing to get on this train, even though in reality, I'm sure there's more than one train every year. Uh, he jumps into the train car and ends up being filled with goats. Uh, looking at it now, it's like har har har. But it's kind of cute. Because uh, still me not realizing that she's rich, it's like, oh, this poor girl, she's just trying to run away because she wants to seeing the guitar do something with music. Uh, this anime does something that we don't normally get. It reveals the age of our protagonist. <laughs> Because she mentions that she's 17. Uh, which is the same time that her hero, Cindy Lauper, uh, ran away from home with a, a notebook, with a goat eating her notebook. Uh, but she's on her way to her city of several albums. Hey, Joe? Yeah. What is Grapefruit Juice, the book? Oh, I should have looked that up. I was gonna. I'm shocked you didn't. Wow. I, I was gonna, but then I didn't. I choose to believe the goat is named Grapefruit Juice. <laughs> um, no, it's a book. Well, yeah, because no, no, I mean, in universe, uh, the goat is also named Grapefruit oh, sure. Juice. It's a collection of poems and short short stories. Yeah, that is what someone who grows up to be someone Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper's kind of mute. No. That is a Cindy Lauper thing to do. What what songs did Cindy Lauper do? Um, Girls just want to have fun. Yeah, uh, also True okay. Colors. True Colors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I do know Girls just want to have fun. I do know that one. I'd like that song. See, I love rock and roll. Points at title of episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I feel uh, like for the audience, uh, all of the episode titles are names of songs. I feel like Cindy Lauper's kind of. An odd choice. If this is based in the future, it's it's actually kind of cool, arguably, that she chose Cindy Lauper of all yeah, like, fingers to kind hello of go retro. With. Yeah, because for us, they... she's an older singer, but for her, that would be like us picking Beethoven as our uh, person to cheer for. Yeah, yeah. I I, th I think there is something about like the point in time that we're at for the last, you know. 
handful of decades, almost the last century, I guess that would, that, wow, that's weird that that sounds right. Um, but just like, uh, a point of the collection and sort of spread of, of information and histories and records and stuff like that. I think there is, I, I think for someone in the future from now, they're probably more easily find info on Cindy Lauper's life than we could on Beethoven's maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. To to point to <clears throat> not to skip ahead too far in this episode, it is discussed kind of how she came across Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So yeah, it makes sense that she would choose Cindy Lauper since you know this is classical music, and you know rich white families like to listen to them their classical musics. Oh my god, yeah. Wait, so then tell Beethoven? me I'm wrong. Is Beethoven double classical? Uh. He would be ancient. Oh. It's called classical because it's from the classical era. It's a specific period of time. It doesn't okay. things don't become neoclassical. Classical. It's gonna be nineties on nine on future satellite radio. <laughs> yeah, like uh Millennial oh my god, would it be millennial? It's still the oldies. Would they rename the genre going forward? Does genre know, but the chunk of time probably would get a name. Well, yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's the thing. Like, I'm bad at like music, uh, like culture and history and stuff. But like, yeah, I think there's something that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we think of when we think of as like quote unquote classical. But I bet that is like we are referring to music of an era. If for people who are deeper into that era of music, there are probably subgenres. Because uh, classical, classical is not a genre. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What is the name of the lead singer of The Temptations? Beelzebub. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> that is demonstrably But, but she tends to be. I think it's Gloria something. And Estefan. Uh, not Gloria Stefan. Mm. But there's plenty of people who would be, in theory. Uh, time differential for us to that point in time. Sure. So, uh, for her to just pull Cindy Lauper because are you thinking of Gladys Knight and the Pips? Possibly. Is but is we she are also not good at music. Going to get a Christopher Nolan directed movie as well. It's a I'd watch it. It's the Gladys Knight. Yeah, I checked. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what happens next? Anyway, uh, she's pulling up into Alba City. Uh, she gets on top of her little farm car and sees it pulling up, and I just feel like it has such a strong Emerald City vibe. <laughs> it looks like the city from Agents of Mayhem. I I feel bad for pointing that out to this show because that game was not well-received, but I can't unsee it. It is a very pretty future city. And as a reminder, we're on Mars. Yes. Um, Regardless of how it looks. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's like a lot of water and some greenery around tall buildings. Just looks super pretty. Super modern. Ultra modern. Almost postmodern. I don't know anything about art movements either. Okay, postmodern is uh, after modern. W- one of my few pride points is when I was at summer camp 
art summer camp back in school uh i did a whole project that was just like and here's my message of it and the when i was finished the uh like advisor just looked at me and goes like oh that's cute you reverse engineered postmodernism and i was just like couldn't have told me that a week ago when i was working on it (laughs) was that the post terran are people still Uh, something happened back on earth didn't it yeah, there was that whole gate collapse. Yeah, so in Cowboy Bebop... Um, oh, no, it happened already, I think. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop takes place in 2071, which is about 50 years after an accident with the hyperspace gateway, which made Earth almost uninhabitable. So everybody moved to the other planets and moons. Okay. You think we'll be alive for that? Uh, gate yeah. Well, we already haven't found the Mass Effect relay, so I'm disappointed. There's still time. I thought that was supposed to happen in, in like, l- last year or something. I don't know. According to Destiny, we should have already found a big white orb over Mars. <laughs> Says we haven't. They're just covering it up, man. <laughs> well, considering America and China haven't worked together with Russia to go to Mars, I don't think it's happening. You think they would work together? How quaint. Uh, according to Density, they did, but that's a sidetrack I shouldn't have got us on. Okay, at this point, we still haven't met the Vulcans, <laughs> and we will move on. <laughs> um, we're actually introduced at this point to Carol, who has the coolest, and I'm upset that they haven't invented it yet, alarm clock slash electronic device slash best friend owl. Yeah. I forgot the name. Yes, it does. Because what is inter- it? She introduces him. Ziggy. Forgot. Ziggy, thank you. Uh, she's running late to work. She gets on her ultra-cool one-wheeled skateboard, which exists in real life. Maybe not as cool electronic as that is, but they are out there and make the old man and me get upset irrationally. <laughs> she's heading to work, and you can tell that she is kind of... Oh, on the street, kid. Hard knocks. Yes, she's not had the blessed life. Speaking of not the blessed life, Tuesday finally arrives in Alba City, uh, and she's just looking confused. Uh, we go back to Carol, who is working as you know food service representative, and living her best food service representative life with people complaining about everything. And yeah, I like how I like how all the restaurants like they have everything's like digital, like the menus and stuff. It's all just order from the thing. But Me then there's too. a bu- there's a button that you can hit to summon a, a a person. Okay, but when they did that, I thought it. So all right, in some visual novel games, you can like it'll be like, hey, here's your main menu, and there's a cute girl on the menu who's, like, you know, presenting the options to you, and they give you the option to, like, click on the girl to, like, make her laugh or gasp or whatever to react to your touch, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, gamers are gross. Uh, I thought they were just suggesting that in the future menus also have this little pro- <laughs> like, like you know when it like when menus used to say like and the smiles are free it was just like the digital version of that like yeah if you click on our cute little menu are you menu saying person you in the future menus have vtubers a little bit 
Why not? You think they wouldn't? Also, also, I learned a lot about Nick today in one short sentence. Yeah, no, I use no punctuation. The whole thing was a long sentence. No, I mean, I don't think they wouldn't, but, you know, considering what we'll learn about this world going forward, you know, at least humans can still have a job. That's true. For now. For now. You're not wrong. All all, all this robot AI stuff, uh, weirdly relevant watching it now. Yeah, retrospectively rewatching this, I've got to add this in. Like, this not show called there, its shots early. Yeah, like, there, not that there wasn't, like, AI and robot stuff going on in 2019, but, like, even since this show came out, it has developed mm-hmm. in such a way that, like, now it's, like, on people's minds a little more. And so watching this was interesting. <laughs> there are other elements we'll discuss towards the end after our last episode. <clears throat> because, uh, spoiler, there will be a content warning and I will explain why. Um... But this show called a lot of shots in the moment and predicted, you know, short term predicted the future long term. I do we want to say that it when did this show come out? 2019. Okay, did it really like boy, I already don't remember 2019, but like I do, it's like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of things about the show which are so like still approaches things the way that we would approach them in the modern day. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, everybody's got cell phones, and here's Instagram and whatever that, like, I don't know how much it... it... Yeah, I don't... It's not really predicting so much as just, one, he's a sci-fi dude. Like, this is the mm-hmm. topics he thinks about, and this sort of thing is a, a common concept in a lot of sci-fi. Um, And, yeah, probably pulling on, like, current technology to base this on sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, he he seems to have made the logical uh intuition or logical jump up via intuition of how this would eventually play out. He didn't necessarily maybe get the dates right, but I mean well it's, I mean, it's just like it, it's pretty good. It's sci-fi, that's what it happens. Yeah. And that makes sense, yeah. Who's the classic sci-fi writer where everybody was like, "Oh, he predicted all that was that Clark, several Jules Verne, Wells, and Jules Verne. I'm probably thinking yeah, Asimov. Yeah, Asimov. But but like I, mean, you gotta... I think maybe there's something about science fiction writers. Like they seem to have a uh, people who like to think about predictions and stuff. Probably said that they have a higher hit percentage than other styles of writers. And I wonder mm-hmm. how much of that is just like being huge nerds that they are aware of, like developments that are still on the fringe so when they just present those it's the that you know those ideas and technologies hitting the mainstream is still so far out that it's just like oh he was saying this years ago it's like not because he predicted it but he just like was already aware of it by then because he's a freaking nerd and also like knows about technology a little more than the average person but then also i find sci-fi writers like just really understand like social stuff mm-hmm. a lot and cultural like movement and so like yeah taking a, a thing and like aware. extrapolating it further down the line like you end up with stuff that seems predictive or at least like echoes things and we're not going to talk about Orson Scott Card <laughs> I, I've never been to France I don't know what you're talking about France is destroyed in the future. Anyway, what happens next? Uh, anyway, we got an interplay between Tuesday and Carol. Tuesday getting off the train, 
Carol making the burgers that do not look appetizing by any stretch to the servers. What? Wait a second. Let's go back a second because uh, the customers that she deals with amused me because it's oh, one of those like people are always going to be people things. I've yeah. worked food service. I know those yeah. people. I was going to say like if you've ever worked any sort of like retail or food service, you know these people because there's the guy who calls her over and says, oh, "Bitter coffee." Yeah, my coffee is bitter. And she's like, "Yeah, it's, it's coffee. This is like it's the default uh-huh. coffee. This is how we make coffee. It tastes." And then there's like the that. sexist pig. And then there's the guy who orders his food and then adds on the end, also, you. I, like, I'm ordering a burger and I'm ordering you, because apparently he thinks this is a maid cafe. Um, which amused me. I don't know. Very, like, <laughs> the face her, you made. her response amused me. Yeah, her face was real good on that one. A 70s era creepy guy. And then she <laughs> makes them revenge burgers. Oh yeah, no. That's just, my only just, guess. Her smile when the goes on. Cultural cultural note on on the second creepy guy is like I'm I'm pretty sure that that's more less of a general sex pest and more of just like because um, in Japan there's these things called maid cafes or like other variations on it where the servers like will sit down and be companions as well as serving you food. Sure, but this um, is... and then there's ones that also do that and take it a little further. Um, and I forgot where I was going with that sentence. Cabarets. I, I think there's, um, I don't think it's that just because like so much about this, uh, city is like Western city coded. Like it's called new Brooklyn. Like they're definitely aiming for like a New York city kind of thing. And so like, I like between this and bebop and, and just the other thing that the directors worked on, I, I feel like they're better at, being kind of worldly and not just assuming, oh, well, this, you know, I'm writing this thing in Italy, but it must work the same way that I know that these things would work. Like, I, I think yeah, that is a guy a being a, a sex pest uh, because, like, just the fact that they're in a burger joint. Yeah, and there's there's nothing about her attire that would suggest, oh, he could mistake her for a maid cafe. And nothing about the look of that guy. I don't think he's even... mistaking it for it. Well, I also don't think, I don't buy it because nothing about him screams, this is a guy that went to a maid cafe. I'm going to be honest. Everything about this has a lot of Western sensibility in its visual design and its layout. I can't, I I just can't stretch the imagination to believe this is a maid cafe kind of thing. Sure. I just don't, I don't think it is. I don't think he thought it was i thought he was trying to make it one um but i brought up those two guys because uh i'm very curious as to if anyone else could figure out what she was putting on the burgers i think it's like a fake cheese i know it's their specialty burger though because yeah what what is it called what did they order i forgot the name of the burger a jump set yeah so here's my thought one of two things. Either A, it is some kind of, I will use the word wasabi, but any kind of kind of like super hot cheese or sauce. Yeah, like at first I thought it was just like grease that yes, she was my putting on thought. it. it like I choose to of, really believe that. It came out of one of those like mustard squirt bottles. <laughs> yep. Well, who knows in the future? Maybe we have, you know, usable ready serve plastic guns that can shoot hot fryer grease <laughs> because 
you know, my, this is where my past food service experience kind of peaks out. As far as I'm concerned, they had it coming. <clears throat> oh, yeah, no, definitely. So, and, and that's when I'm like, ah, that's my girl. Get him. <laughs> yeah, when I when I saw that it was coming out of the bottle, I was just like, oh, I'm surprised she didn't put anything on it. But then watching the way they reacted, it's like, oh, she did, and I just didn't. I. So we are going to see this in a later episode, uh, I think episode three, I guess. But, like, and this actually also comes from, uh, you know, the world building done in Bebop, but, like, they are on Mars and terraforming and like traditional styles of growing and farming are a rarity at this point. So like the fact that everything is going to be sort of super artificial and off color and, and things like that. And especially, you know, fast food and, and like the, the most like economic sort of establishments. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, no, everything is going to be a little bit off, uh, so it, it didn't strike me. Nothing that she was putting on it strike me as strange. Makes sense. So we switch over to Tuesday. So doing her best uh, you know, girl in the city has waiting for her to throw her hat in the air and try to catch it. <laughs> and her suitcase gets stolen, which is kind of sad because that was a pretty cool suitcase. Just At least she was holding onto her guitar. Uh, poor girl can't catch a break, but such is life. She comes from a rich family. What if she deserves it? You know, okay. How, how come, okay. Hmm. No, you know what? We'll come back to this. I, I, I'm not sure how to approach this stupid thought yet. Alright. Then we'll talk about Angela. Who, uh, with the episodes that we watched, I do not like her. Uh, it, and I don't understand her point Ooh. currently. She is the child star who wants to break out of being a child star. We're introduced to her on a commercial for a drink. And after the commercial, she fires her agent because how dare she have to do a second commercial? Durian soda is the... Mm. Durian... I mean, they grow durians on Mars. I, I guess. Or at least they get the taste. Um. Yeah, I... I know I complained uh, last time on Bacano about like, oh, these just seem like parallel stories. But I think Angela does, like, I, I, I think her point in this show, and I'm sure this will sort of wrap up more directly, you know, as, as the show gets towards the end. But I do think she is basically, her storyline is being a foil for our lead girls because, you know, uh, Tuesday is a runaway. Carol is like uh, uh, living on her own. They're both downtrodden and whatever. Whereas, uh, what's what's her name again? Not Angela. Uh, Angela, you know, clearly comes from money. Has her mom pushing her. She's a child star. She's already working professionally. She's already kind of a diva. Like, and, and also, you know, as things go on. Angela is working with this big industry guy and they're pushing the boundaries of technology and really treating it as a business where um, when we eventually meet C&T's manager and we learn what kind of, you know, person and techniques he uses to market them and make connections, like it is a very... It's kind of old school versus new school. It's kind of industry mm -hmm. versus grassroots. And I ha like... It, it it does work well, 
even if they don't, you know, interconnect much, if at all, in what we saw, it it works because they are a good foil for each other, and it is sort of like showing both sides of how the music business can be done in this world. I won't, I won't give away. Yes, no, maybe so. <clears throat> all I will say is coming, remembering how I was and see, remembering or seeing it now, how it's presented. <clears throat> um, Angela's character arc, I would say is definitely one worth kind of keeping an eye on. Oh, sure. Like to me, she Not, seems like she's going to be the peer that's a rival that kind of like learns from them to like put some heart into it or whatever. And like, um, Yes, but it's not just that, I guess. Oh, of course not. But, like, in terms of, like, setting things up, like, that's, I'm like, okay, that's who this is. Yeah, sure, she's she's their, you know, Vegeta best buddy. But even then, again, this is with a far broader context without trying to give anything away. It is just a very interesting route for, for, I would say, it's a very well done version of that. Because, not just because it's more, but because what the more is, how it's presented, the journey we go on. But yeah, I would say, for all intents and purposes, you kind of got that archetype there. And I feel like, because I've only watched the four episodes, that's what I do for these shows. Uh, I feel like she does have more to her than what I have seen. But in the context of what I have seen, this is just... The opinion that I have right now. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She's not... really like an unlikable personality. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I got the feeling She's even with our episode we watch in the future that there has been some change. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can't wait to talk about that when we get there. Oh yeah, uh, we got uh, Carol. Fortunately, and for reasons we'll never figure out. She got fired from her job. Certainly not having <laughs> anything to do with the weird goop on hamburgers. But she's having a bumming day. And I get the feeling that this happens a lot, even though they don't directly say so. I uh, think in episode two, we kind of get a little more uh, confirmation of what you're suspecting. But yeah, uh, you, you, we are definitely left with that impression like this happens on a non-zero amount of times. So she's real sad. She sets up her a keyboard which she carries around with her so a future music instruments uh starts just playing a melody tuesday who is now just guitar girl uh hears some music and she's really moved by it and it's kind of a cute moment that's interrupted by a police officer telling them that they can't play music on the bridge okay yeah so they run off and become best friends because they ran away from a cop. <laughs> Carol does the right thing and offers shelter. Uh, we'll get to that. Oh. Uh, we're going to switch over to Angela for a second because we eat, meet Angela's mother, who is quite possibly the scariest person in the entire series. I know that I am assuming after watching what is this now, 21st anime, that this is just kind of the trope, the overbearing mother tends to be larger than life. Oh yeah. This show got mommy issues, y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and starts Bob, kind of a very interesting read on her. Uh, it's just almost I wouldn't say threatened, but tells Angela that this is how it's going to be because otherwise she's not going to have a career. Her mom had a life as a teen or as a child actress, as yeah. I recall. That yeah, she, she was, was forgotten also... and she didn't want that to happen to her daughter. And I, I don't know. Me, yeah, this is my the... Western culture has taken over, so I feel like she's being a bad mother who just wants the popularity for herself, not her daughter. I mean, I don't. This is kind of one of those I I see it, and you know, all those, especially growing up, like through through the '90s and early 2000s, where you'd hear stories about the child uh, beauty pageant stars. I get the vibe off her. It's essentially the same kind of energy. Well, I did this, and. Well, it didn't work out for me. You can do this, and you'll be successful, and I will live vicariously through you. That doesn't make her likable. Yeah, I'm not saying she should be. Um, I will also say she's not necessarily a totally bad character, but for what we have here, yeah, she's she's a force, and she thinks she's a force, and yeah, she's she's not, she's not wearing winning any Parent of the Year awards, regardless. Uh, we'll leave Angela and her mom aside for a little bit because we get to meet Tuesday's mom finally. Mm -hmm. uh, is that her brother? Yes. Okay. That is Spencer, yes. Because I believe in future episodes we find out that she doesn't have a dad living currently. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, it's more proof that, yes, she does come from a rich family. Don't know how rich till later on. But right now, uh, yeah, I mean, the woman arrives like, uh, via helicopter, which lands on their lawn. I'm still standing by. It didn't take until the whole bit later on where I was like, "Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> bless." But uh, uh, Spencer seems concerned about his sister, and his mom seems like I don't know why she ran away. She has everything she wants. Uh, very mm, makes Angela's mom seem positively huggable. There's a lot of moms not. Well, I won't say a, a lot. Nice of, there are definitely two moms not winning Mother of the Year awards in this show. I think these are the only two moms we meet in the th four episodes. To be oh. fair, I think these are the only two moms in the series. So meet. Angela and her mom are meeting up with Mr. Tao, who happens to be a singing producer, kind of. But he's way more into AI. This is where the show starts. As we discussed previously, uh, predicting the future in a yeah, way that we can recognize today. He's got a company that, an entertainment company that's all AI, and he like has crunched all of the data about, you know, old music and stuff and come up with the algorithms to make perfect songs. music. Yeah. And he is a creeper and I do not like him. There's, again, obviously. He does not know how to human. Does not oh. at all. He was proud to be called AI at some point, I believe. Yeah, yeah, she's like, maybe you're an AI. He just like looks at her as sideways and is like, yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah, there's obviously a lot going on with him, but uh, 
there there's an episode again shortly after these three that I almost wanted to choose because you you get a chunk of his backstory that explains kind of why he is the way he is. And it is so, I'm just telling you now, like you, you might guess it, but I'm going to say it might not be one of your first couple of guesses. We'll posit he is simply a product of his research. I don't think he started off this way, but I think that his work has worked with him to produce what he is now, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's leave Tao alone and go back to Carolyn Tuesday. Actually, because I, oh, go ahead. I did want to touch on this. Like, and I guess this might be just kind of a thought experiment. Do you think working with an environment of how much do you say 120, 121 employees, yep. all AI, do you think that one, and I don't mean him specifically, but a person would essentially go from any other personality type to just over time, however long he's been doing this. Okay. So um, so for the past, for the past three years, here's some anecdotal evidence for your scientific thought process. Sure. Um, so I was diagnosed autistic when I was 30, which was 2020. And that was the year the pandemic started. And basically since that point, I have been, home almost all the time haven't had a job been here all the time been online most of the time um but that time apart from the social structure of quote-unquote like everyday life for everyone else has let me kind of explore more about what i'm actually like like in a vacuum um and the personality, well, it's not really a personality change, but like the, my mannerisms and stuff and my people skills have gone down the toilet. And I can like, <laughs> he's definitely more like an extreme version of it, but like I can see some evidence in my experience that parallels that a bit. I will say that. And to your point, <clears throat> considering you're saying, yeah, you still interact online. So there's still a, moderate degree of human actual interaction if essentially though arguably he is cut out or cho chosen or by nature he's of his created job. his own yeah. bubble yeah yeah he's created his own vacuum and i would say quite the vacuum by the way yeah. of it there's definitely Which, control issues that play with this character as well because well, yeah. like that's kind of what you do so i'm a little curious about what this shows like concept of AI is because it gets thrown around a lot in ways yeah. that like with current real world sense of AI is just like, Oh, do they mean sometimes they mean algorithms. Sometimes they mean like, like human language assistance. It, it's not totally clear to me from what we watched, but I, when, when you have a character like this, when they go over what, Whatever kind of AI he's using, I am sure it is the kind where he has the, you know, control freak. Uh, that's not the right word. But um, he has the control issues where he's just like, no, if I am not causing it to happen, it's not good. And I think that is a more extreme case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to know who I actually feel like the closest character is? Sure. Uh the way Jim Carrey portrays Robotnik. I haven't seen those films, Ooh. but I'll take your word on it. 
Yeah. No, that's real good, Paul. Uh, because because it's either that or the um, the like child genius nerd from Grandma's Boy, which is <laughs> also kind of a weird pull. But like the same thing, it's like people who are sort of like either are bad at or choose to skip like general like humans social contract niceties, yeah, uh, control issues, and also just like prefer their isolation and and whatnot and it's like it is there's one way you go where you become like this i hate everyone edgelord and the other way you go where you just like kind of calmly adapt it and just be like no yeah everything's under my control and you know as long as you leave me alone we'll be okay with each other like you know it's, it's, i don't appreciate mm-hmm. you calling me out like this uh-huh yeah adding humans adds variables that i don't like to deal with so <laughs> Oh, yeah. I will say to address your statement on the AI, I have nothing to confirm the level of AI, but based on how they use it, <clears throat> and considering when this came out and where we are now, I would say it's not EV from Mass Effect, <clears throat> and, and it's not even it's not the computer a la Star Trek. Pick your show, but I would say it is definitely a very advanced version of what we have now, not actual intelligence, but the algorithm and the the bastard child of the algorithm and what we're dealing with now on some steroids. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think we're at. And they and I would say arguably considering how I would I believe wrongly the term AI is currently used, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's that's my only insight there because uh, I'll be honest with you, there's no clarity to the degree that AI exists, especially when you throw in the added context of this is post Bebop and we didn't really see a lot of AI in Bebop. Every time we did, it was like the whole premise of an episode because it was so unusual. Right. But so the thing that gets me is all of the like AI pets that we see in this world, which yeah. Like, that's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> it's somewhere between, like, are they, you know, glorified Tamagotchi? Are they, like, Yeah, they um, seem like Furbies. Yeah, um, Furbies, the Ibo toy doll. Here's, here's where I would say, again, where my analogy comes from. I think this is the algorithm and, you know, pre-programmed responses and mannerisms. Because in one episode, they actually kind of address... Just kind of like if you're listening, blinking, you miss it kind of moment. They address like, yeah, you got to really pay attention to your AI pets. Otherwise, they kind of get a was little. Was it when depressing. that guy punted the Pinocchio? Maybe mm-hmm. that was it. I forget exactly when it was. Um, because uh, spoiler, I watched the whole season yeah, again just Furbies to pick are, an episode. Furbies are like that too. If you leave them alone in the dark, they. So yeah, there you go. It's it's the the bastard child I mentioned earlier. Plus now a Furby. Do they? <laughs> Which is they, just a nightmare. Do they get depressed or do they go? Um, what is it in Halo? Not rampant. Maleficent. Yeah, do they go rampant? <laughs> I listen. It's probably you know a simulacrum of depression, but honestly, it would. Oh, yeah, it's probably just change. like their stuff like breaks down when you're not interacting with it, kind of thing. But listen, imagine how the show would have changed if you. You neglected bunny AI, and all of a sudden, it's got a knife. I'd be into that. Uh, Yeah, I would say, I might actually watch that show. Bebop, uh, uh, Watanabe, give me another show, but make AI, you know, do the thing. 
this is just sort of making me want to revisit um angelic layer slash chobits hey guess what angelic layer was also done by studio bones oh okay it makes sense um believe that the next part is uh meeting carol and tuesday going to carol's house mm-hmm. house in quotations because she lives in an apartment uh which she explains happened to be the storage place of the owner it's dope though it's a loft thing it's you that is yeah. my dream loft <laughs> i i i remember the first time i saw him like this is everything i want in a home right here and i don't Recall seeing where Carol sleeps? On the couch. Uh, well, there is a bed upstairs. So Carol would sleep on the bed because Tuesday was... Oh, yeah, up. she... That's, right. that's, I, I, I keep mixing them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, also, there are times in the series, and I don't remember if it's in these episodes or not, that Tuesday and Carol both sleep on the couch on yeah. different sections because it's an L-shape. Yep. That's where yeah, it's like, is it a Carol does have a bed upstairs. Or... Yeah, it's it's got really a, little a mini very life. awesome place. Yeah. And there was one thing in the whole four episodes that we watched that I do not like. It's how uh, Carol just instantly invites Tuesday to live with her because they ran away from the police together. <laughs> I can kind of buy it because, I again, can too. Uh, when we get Carol's backstory, because this is the point where we get the tragic backstories. I I am going to use something I was going to say for later. Okay. I'm going to say it and be done with it. Do it. Let's get it Do out it. there into the universe. Fight. I got such a strong two broke girls vibe from this show. Oh! <laughs> well, I don't like the show you are referencing. I kind of get where you're coming from. It's, so it's I, the same premise. More or less. And, and it's just this is good. I'll save my post-analysis for that, but there's a lot of similarities. So it's, for me, it's that... It's, it is touching that close to surrealism. It's got its toe there. I can accept it. I get it. Like I said, I, I get where you're coming from because I, I feel like I've seen this kind of set up in a few places in the past, so I can't put my finger on it. I have not watched Two Broke Girls because I like good television. And, but, uh... I, no, I understand the show is not for everyone. Oh, I'm just oh. teasing you, Bob. I don't... I know. We uh, switch off of Carol on Tuesday for a second to meet this drunk guy at a bar... Which has, you know, cool electronic interface, just like they had at the, uh, oh, Carol's the original joint. job. Burger place, place. Yeah. yeah. I love that that's the universal standard, apparently. Hey, it, it took the, or the second time with the summoning the waiter button. I kept expecting a hologram to appear, i.e. <laughs> back to the future. Well, to be fair, the there is an automated bartender there at first, and then he summoned people. The human. Yeah. yeah, when you have something more complex than pour me this beer. This, this. Just thinking about it now, he, he <laughs> is the, uh, if we're doing the comparison of Angela to him, he is the old-fashioned guy, so of course he would prefer to have the human interaction as opposed to mm-hmm. the AI. Gus might be one of my previous spirit animals, I think. Gus is a mood. Gus, Gus is, is a something. Mood. But we do switch back to Tuesday and Carol, and they chat about how each of them got into music, and Tuesday explains how she just heard uh, some Cindy Lauper, and it just really got her into music, and Carol explained that she was at a refugee camp, heard music, and got into music. 
What kind of work you know? do you camp, Bob? Uh, Earth, Earth refugee camp. I don't think we know her parents. I think her parents were dead. Yeah, it's an Earth refugee. Yeah, they were they're from Earth though. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, she she states outright, "I orphan." Uh, was at a refugee camp, and a singer came named Flora, and that's a name we're going to hear a few times. I'm I'm sure nothing else, and that inspired her. And they talk about uh, the the music Carol was playing and Tuesday was inspired to write lyrics to and they get together and sing a song that actually I really liked it because it wasn't a musical type of bit even though it was Mm -hmm. because you could tell that they were learning as they were going or that's the way it was played out yeah (laughs) they're developing they just went right into it they they're jamming and like working through it and yeah. feeling Picking it up out. pieces. Yeah, I love it, and I I do too. That's realistic. Uh, they have their post scene where Carol and they go up to the top of the roof, and they're all cool and they're like, "We're going to get followers on our Instagram and take their selfie." And uh, noted, and I think agreed on by most of us is they are. So obviously a perfect couple. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love them. I even if they're just friends, I don't care. I would. I, don't get me wrong. I think like everyone else here is like yes, forever. But even if the show decided at some point, yeah, they're just friends. I'm still okay with it because they are just the perfect support group for each other either way, and I'm just happy with them regardless. Yeah, like I just want them to be happy, but yeah, it, I also want that to include them kissing each other. I wouldn't be upset if it did. Just because they happen to be, like, one of my favorite archetypes. Oh, yeah. so. I guess the way I, I <laughs> say it is I don't require it. But, you know, if it happened, I wouldn't be. A, I wouldn't turn my nose away because these are so adorable. They are precious and they must be protected. And it would feel natural. Yeah. 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 It really does. Like, they literally bumped into their their best partner of life. You know, use the word as you will. I don't care. But their best partner in life, they're... They're perfect partner, and they're just together, and it works, and it's fine, and I love it. There's only and I also love way, it. Uh, Bob, I actually kind of agree with you on the sense that, like, I do not buy how quickly they hit it off, especially because their first thing they do together is run from the cops. Although, you know, it's a great way to spend a first date, but I feel like there's almost a way where this would have made like. I can kind of excuse that, like, um, accelerated start just because they are such a good pairing together. Like, I would almost accept it if the show started and they were already, you know, a pair, a couple like this. But then we spend the first episode in a flashback talking about how they met. So that way we could, like, hand wave. And some time has passed since then. I, I, if... I'm not saying that would be better because, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's it's. I'm happy to excuse it in this case. Um, yeah, they they make a good couple and they they do complement each other really well. To, to kind of to kind of go with that, I I'm I'm a fifty fifty because here's why: when we get Carol's backstory of I'm a refugee, she comes from an upbringing in a life understanding what it's like to just have to help someone else and open the door. I and now I would say I could understand if Tuesday had been depicted as a little reluctant, but again, this is where I 
bring out the hand wavium and I say, I don't care because as we've driven home now, yeah, they they just belong together. Never should they have not been together. Well, t- and it's Tuesday's got that. Um, I, oh, it depends on the kindness of strangers, you know. Um, well, yeah, she has been pampered, but I well, guess well, with a complete stranger, she's been pampered, and she just doesn't have like street smarts. She just doesn't know oh, yeah. that like it's a thing. Like I am totally sure she did not even think about like where she was gonna live, what she was gonna do. Oh yeah. For money or anything. There's a um, reason she Google her suitcase got stolen immediately. Yeah. Which is also why she doesn't have a lot of costume changes yeah. because her clothes got stolen True. and anything she's wearing is is from Carol's closet. Right. Um and I guess that's that's part of my hand waving. It's like, yeah, she had everything stolen, so someone just offering her a roof is literally gonna be, you know, I don't have the luxury of questions at this point. Let me just do it. And if it turns bad, I'll deal with it as it comes, I guess. And I would be so torn, but at the same time, I mean, I get it. They, they had a shared experience, which I think definitely yeah. helps. Yeah, they, yeah, they, because they cab. They bonded over the music of their souls, talked to each other. They have, yeah. between them, they have a certain level of, like, naivete and also roll with it enthusiasm that it kind of makes sense that they would just be like yeah sure let's give this a try like subconsciously or whatever um yeah. that it, it is also just like when you grow up poor like all the people i know who grew up poor and with nothing are like the kindest people you will ever meet because they they will all share what they have even if it's not much yeah mm-hmm So it does I not seem the... weird to me that she would just be like, yeah, you can crash here. The other thing I love is the view from their roof. It's a great view of the city. It is such a great, like I said, this is everything I ever wanted in a home. Home, you replacing the word apartment because millennial, never going to own property. But yeah, I just, ah, oh, just the design of it and then that view. Oh, I want to jump in that universe and just live there. They do kind of just have like a reclaimed Brooklyn Bridge, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, do you think they just transported the Brooklyn Bridge for well, like you, bit by bit? You know how um, they make like you know coffee tables out of reclaimed wood. Well, they just built a new Brooklyn Bridge out of reclaimed pieces of the old Brooklyn Bridge from the ruins of Earth. Listen, I haven't been I back to Earth in this universe, so to to your point. I mean, naval vessels will usually have at least an amount of the previous ship it's named after in their hull. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. There's precedent. Yeah, right. Wow, yeah, it does kind of make sense. I, As much as I do love a city skyline, knowing now the thing about Instagram, like, there being, like, a co-marketing ARG kind of thing going on. I feel so uh-huh. much grosser about this scene. I get it, and it, I didn't know about it till after the fact, and it's one of those, like, yeah, it's, it kind of sucks that it's there for that. But honestly, again, it's, like, because it, it wasn't an ARG, it was just kind of like, ah, oh, follow our journey. My brain and, just substituted in social media. Yeah, that's, that's really where I went to. It's like, if, if it wasn't actually Instagram... 
I don't know, anime version Instablam, just off the top of my head. Yeah. And as a as a moment well, together and you know, again, like very accelerated like meeting uh uh relationship starting story, but as a, as like a capper of like, yeah, no, we're gonna work on we've decided to work on this project together and here's our first step. I think it's a, a very, very cute moment. And then there's a brand. Brands are always well, I mean, messing up the did good you get things. Ups- did you get upset about the Gibson? A little bit. You know why? <laughs> uh, go on. Um, I know why. Yeah, because it's in my notes. In that scene where they are sort of jamming in the uh, in in Carol's apartment, the Gibson guitar is so obviously a 3D model that they animated on top of, in a way that stands out even more because carol's uh keyboard is hand animated is not a 3d model like that although sometimes when she plays piano i think her hands might be i couldn't figure that out um it definitely it's more it's so super obvious with this guitar and i get the feeling that it's so like in gran turismo games a big part of those reasons those games never had like car damage for a long time is because in order to make the deal to get the license to use the real cars, they said, you can't show our cars damaged. That would look bad for our brand. And I'm really wondering if they were like, you have to show our guitar on model at all times. And like, they would only accept the, like use this like scan 3d model or whatever to, to make sure that it's, it's on model at all times. And I'm just like, "Mm, but it looks bad now. So I get it. I want to preface it with, I get it. But I'm also going to say I don't care because, yeah, they had to make a couple deals probably to get the show the funding it needed. And if that's really the most egregious part of it. That's a musical animation show. Yeah, it feels fine. And I'm like, good. It wasn't anything more. I mean, you didn't have Space McDonald's. It's still being McDonald's all over the place and how good the the McRib is. This This all, everything that was product placement made sense. And that's what I'm like, you know what? Cool. I'm trying to. I know what you mean. Though, like having 3D models in in animated shows always throws me off. No, honestly, not even that. Like, I I really don't mind shows that lean on 3D animation. We were watching Blue Sub Six the other night, which was 3D animation from 1999 oh, mixed with hand yeah, animation. Yeah, that's a throwback. It looked like when you watch it on modern monitors, which don't have the the inbuilt blurring of CRT TVs. It looked like render from a PS2 strategy game. Yeah, it was I watched it a few years ago. Yeah, it does. That being said, I still think it looks fine. I still think it's functional. It doesn't actually bother me. I think part of what bothered me specifically about this guitar is I notice almost no other 3D animated elements of this show. And I, I, I'll tell you, I, I picked out a few uh, along the way. Yeah, I, but it was just kind of like eh. They don't jar it enough for me to care to make a you know stink about it. Oh yeah, so that's I'm like like eh, like I'm honestly, it's not that bad. It's it's yeah. I am just kind of trying to think of like other elements of like major product placement in anime. Like it definitely happens. Oh my god, we could talk about Tiger uh, and Bunny, but that's... let me let me throw Code Geass Pizza Hut. Oh really? Oh uh, okay. Show I'm adding to the list later. Steins Gate, Doctor Pepper. Uh, sorry, that wasn't Dr. Pepper. That was DK Pepper. Oh, the the coupe. Um, yeah. God, okay. But, like... Yeah, 
They they do a lot of almost branding. Yeah. But because like any anime that you watch like season to season, if you actually watched it aired, they all do the thing of like, this show is brought to you by Canon Scanners and photography mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's like like brands being the reason that shows exist is nothing new. Like that part's not uh outweirded. It's just like there seems like a weird demands made by the companies in like the animation process of the show. Like if you want to say, Oh, you know, we want our product to be shown doing a good thing. Like, okay. But saying like, Hey, makes this a 3d model or why it doesn't look good enough is that's a level like, yeah, I, I, and I get it. Like, believe me, if I, if I will, I would think I would want to believe that if an exec saw the animation here and said, wow, everything looks so good. You would trust them to make the guitar look yeah. good. Am, am I disappointed? Yes. But again, it's like, I get it. It is what it is. Yeah, but, but be- so. before I knew that this stuff, you know, brand stuff was in here, you know, kind of because of deals or whatever, I had no problem with it. Like, I, I think the way I that, that it's worked into the show is, is all fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's not egregious. It's more or less tastefully done. And that's the nice part of it. But that's it. That's the end of the first episode. We made it. Yay. Yeah. Only an hour in, and we've covered one of four episodes. <laughs> well, I think it'll get a little easier, because, you know, like anything else, the first episode's kind of front-loaded. The following episodes tend to streamline. Yeah. All right, so let's jump then right into episode two. Born to Run. Uh, kind of opens with Carol and Tuesday at Carol's Place. Should we just call it Carol and Tuesday's Place? The apartment, uh, yeah. Alarm's going off. Who knows? Carol already has a new job. I'm sorry, who's really... going off? Carol's alarm? And Ziggy. Their, its name is Ziggy. The owl Ziggy is going has off. a name, and you will respect Ziggy. Uh, Carol wakes up, uh, sees Tuesday on the couch, Carol wakes her up and says, hey, I'm heading out if you want to clean up the place, because somehow Tuesday had made a big mess. Mm-hmm. Hurricane Tuesday. I'm so torn as far as the time span between last episode, this episode, because my brain wants to put it the next day. Yeah. But then you run into the question of how did she get a job already? Did the mess get made? It definitely seems like one of those jobs that, like, if you were going through a temp service, would just be like, "Hey, send me a person." Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like there was a a, like interview process or. Hear me out. Understand that. What if in this future, and I hate that I'm going to say this, there's an app for that. Yeah, like, where's the Uber representation in this show? Well, all the cars are self-driving. <laughs> I mean, like, th- like that's, yeah. that, that is a really weird thing. Like, the you could have gone down the gig economy dystopia route, but instead they went down the uh, AI removes the humanity from everything dystopia, but you still got to work at Burger King, you know? I mean, yeah, I, I would say I feel like that's the more interesting one in the moment, but, you know, that can change. At so, least to me. Carol heads off to work, uh, and Tuesday wakes up. It's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to clean, and struggles with cleaning because she's never had to clean before. 
and we all can see where this is going. But she Most... very, she's very willing to try, and I love her for that. She's not lazy. She's definitely she put she put on her worker uh, chief, mm-hmm. grabbed the broom, and somehow and she tried. The broom. <laughs> she tried, and then disaster happened. Uh, we do a switch over to Angela and Tao. And we hear Tao talk about how he's really into AI and how he is perfecting music. He's made all sorts of different programs just to find the perfect song. He claims he's made it. And since Angela is the one who's going to be singing it, uh, he kind of explains it all for her. I still think Tao's kind of weird, but that's just how he is. Is who he yeah, is. I was super curious, actually, as to what Tao was getting out of this deal by like being an AI company and then deciding to go with a human singer. Not just that, but the mom is, as she puts it, no longer remembered. So, how famous is Angela really? I mean, it's like Disney star kid model thing. But don't you think you would have you would have wanted the oh someone with more name recognition? Eh. And washed up actress's daughter. I mean, Angela seems like she's kind of a big deal in the modeling world. And her mom is just kind of trying to push her to get into the entertainment industry as well so that she can keep being someone even when she gets old and can't model. Which just makes her seem kind of sad. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. but anyway, so we got that conversation. Then we switch back over to Carol, who has a job that I actually want. He is a professional crier. Yeah, at a funeral. I love it, and I am down for that. Except it does not work out for her too well, because the priest has a butterfly that is flying around his head. And... Which is a pity because you can quite easily make it look like you're crying by laughing. Mm-hmm. I will which is what I, I thought she was going to do. <laughs> I've laughed at funerals. You you person. want my read on this this funeral? Hear me out. We are witnessing another future prediction. This is like Elon Musk's funeral. They're going to have to pay people to be there. I mean, people already do that. I get it, but specifically because he was so important. Like, you can't tell me that's not going to happen. I don't know what you mean. On this note, if you are hearing this, I am willing to be that person. (laughs) I'm not saying don't get paid, Bob. I'm just saying I imagine this is going to – reality will imitate art. So we've got – Carol, who's laughing because the butterfly lands on the priest's head. Uh, and while I feel like that's a reasonable thing to happen, she loses her job from it. Sometimes, yeah. in especially in somber places, it it's real easy to get the giggle fits. Oh, yeah. At least for me, anyway. <laughs> I've had that happen definitely more than once. I'm still here. And just thinking about how great a job that would be. Mm-hmm. 
Because I would oh, love God. to be the person that's laughing. Here's the thing, <laughs> Just Bob, as emotional. How, how much do you think that's really going to pay you? Because the, I, you I get the purpose, be that's not the purpose the of the job. In fact, her boss is there, and he's the one who fires her. We assume. It's not shown on screen, but it's a logical assumption. I would want to hire some hot woman to, like, show up and just be like, you bastard, and, like, throw a glass at my coffin and then walk <laughs> out. I have told Bob how I want my funeral to go. And, Bob, let's see if you remember this. Do you do you remember specifically what I said I wanted to happen? Uh, yes, about the uh, Doctor Who. Yes, I want someone to come in, running in, someone much younger than me, just running in in the same, like, maybe a size or two too big for them clothes, and just tell them, like, hold on, wait a minute, as if it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like that or, you know, Viking funeral by way of cruise missile. Well, Carol unfortunately loses her job and comes home to find Tuesday somehow having, in the efforts of cleaning, made a worse mess. And instead of getting angry, Carol just is like, okay, we're going to work together. And the process finds out that Tuesday is not poor. Because she has a black card. Credit card that has no limit. Uh, Tuesday's like, I can't use this because they'll track me. Which makes sense. Even though we find out later that that doesn't matter. Yeah, which makes sense, but, you know, credit to Tuesday for thinking about that. It, that would suck, to know that you have the ability to have paid for a lot of things, but you can't. Oh, ho- wholeheartedly agree. All out to having your debit phone on, or your debit card on your phone. I kind of want to know why it still looks like a debit card at that point. It's probably one of those... Artifacts, kind of like the save icon. Sure, it's how it looks like disc. It probably just carried over because the I mean, I can make the a grandpas lot. and grandmas. Hmm. Yeah, and then it just became ingrained in society, and then society just assumed, oh, that has always meant this." Also, when you're that rich and fancy, you've got to have a way to show it off. My I mean, goodness, fact, I do like for for the trope of I left, and then my roommate made a disaster. Tuesday, or actually, Carol just was like, I, you know, cool, we'll fix this. Not, no exaggerated, unnecessary, uh, in, uh, energetic kind of being irate or upset. Just like, we'll just take care of this. Mm-hmm. It just made her feel very real. Can we? And I, I need to ask about this scene. Is... Can we say that there is something called uh, affluent moe? Go on. Because normal moe is you have someone who seems like a normal person, but they are so like naive or childlike that they don't even know what soccer is. Uh-huh. And then you have somebody like Tuesday who is like so rich and pampered all her life that she doesn't know how to do normal people things. She might also not know what soccer is just because she has lived so sheltered within money. 
Soccer, is that like lacrosse? It, yeah, kind of exactly like that. You know, like... I, I don't... Hmm. There, there would that just still be Moe, though? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the difference would be. Like, there's something about normally rich people don't fall into that category because because they come from money and, and wealth or power or whatever. They have a, a certain, like, unearned confidence that they bring to everything, and it can make them very arrogant. But specifically with Tuesday, like, she's willing to try, she's willing to work, she's willing to help to do whatever. So she doesn't have that. Her naivete is, like, honest curiosity as well. So it's, yeah, it's genuine ignorance. She's a really interesting situation of like, oh, she doesn't know anything. Oh, it's because she's rich. Wait a second. Maybe it's not affluent Moe, but Moe by way of affluence. I, I I'm just gonna make a note about that somewhere. It's gotta consider that in the future. We we must consult the elder weebs. It's it's like that uh, that meme of like, how much could it cost? It's a single banana. What ten dollars? Anyway, After cleaning I just had to get that off my chest. After cleaning everything up, Carol and Tuesday talk about how they really liked the song that they made, and they wanted to play it on a real piano. Is something that Carol's really jonesing for. Uh, apparently, pianos are super rare here on Mars. It doesn't surprise but, me. That definitely seems like a luxury item if you're making a real piano. Yeah, I was just saying, it's, it's probably more of the luxury aspect, because considering how much they've built up infrastructure, I can't imagine they don't exist on Mars. Just when you're the poor, you know, raise your hand if you're not, you can't get access to the, a real grand piano easily. Well, thanks to Carol's ragamuffin connections, she happens to know a guy who knows a guy who happens to know of a piano at a studio. Which is great. This is important, and I promise you it is later. Isn't it at the immigration uh, offices or something? Yeah. The Immigrants Memorial uh, Hall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they start heading down there. uh, And, of course, it's quasi-New York, but not New York. They have their uh, Times Square-esque screens running. We see a DJ on one. We see uh, appears to be a presidential announcement. The lady who seems awfully familiar. Yes, an interview with the presidential candidate, um, the governor of uh, some town where uh, somebody Herschel. came from. Yeah. Herschel. One Miss Valerie Simmons. For some reason, Tuesday's like, oh, crap. Even though ain't no one knows really the connection there. It's weird, now that I think about it. <laughs> I think she's just, like, seeing her mom on the screen is just, like, kind of mm-hmm. bringing it to be a little more real, her situation. I would do a flip over to Angela. And she's working with Tao to just practice the music, and Tao has her sing her scales. Yeah, was like, hey, these are the notes that are in my perfect song. Sing them. And she sings, and she sounds fine. A little scratchy. And Tao catches up on that and turns on his torture device to help her out. Mm-hmm. When chairs attack. It's like, 
boy, oh boy, Angela, you signed up for this. Yeah, she's going to be a puppet. Yeah, she's fine with it. Yeah. That's what she signed up for. Yeah, that's literally what she signed for. Literally. Verbatim. Yeah. Carol and Tuesday make it to uh, the immigration station. And uh, lo and behold, Carol's friend is Roddy, someone who becomes part no. of our... No, Carol's friend is one of the like, security guards oh, there. Oh, that's right. He has <laughs> that surprise face later on. He's like, uh, we... no, I can't let you in. And she goes we... in we learned this because we meet Roddy because he's um, doing audio work, I'm assuming, for... Uh, DJ Etrigan or whatever. Yeah, Etrigan. Yeah, he's like... Um, the biggest ego. S- mm-hmm. Setting up the, the like audio equalizers and such for whatever concert uh, this guy is going to be doing. Yeah, as I saw in someone's notes, the Fortniteification of concerts. Okay, yo. The way this looks and like all of the different uh-huh. screens and the, sp- uh-huh. the shirt that says "Who am I?" I am just like, oh, Who this guy I? is the worst, and he would absolutely get a skin in Fortnite for whatever Listen. his like shitty EDM but super uh-huh. influencer uh, presence. I'm not is. saying you're wrong. <laughs> I just say I saw your notes and I'm like, yo. <laughs> Also, you know who he kind of reminds me of, if we're going to continue talking about our our sequel or bringing up points to the Cowboy Bebop expanded universe? Yeah. He, I, I feel like he's related to Andy. Oh, maybe. Yes. Just something about his energy, just like, there's that overinflated ego, that sense of presence. Yeah, but like, he's a douchebag. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say he was a one-to-one, but I'm like, man, he's kind of this show's handy. Uh, Carol and Tuesday are able to perform their song, which we got to hear a more expanded version of. Uh, Roddy, the electronics guy, taping it. He's like, um, I'm, I'm here. He puts it on the internet, which logically makes sense that it still exists, uh, and it takes off. Well, it goes on Instagram after all. Okay, hang on. I did. I, I I took a screen cap. The interweebs. The video that he uploads has a final name of C R underscore M T underscore five four six five one underscore six six dot M O V. Does not compute. Wow, they still got M O V files. So here's the thing. Yeah. If it defaults to an MOV file, that means that it is most likely uh, a descendant of an Apple iPhone. So oh. Apple has no won the, the smart. Yeah, Apple. So Apple has won the smartphone wars, and uh, what what was the one we had earlier? PC wars. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I'm trying to. Fi- I feel like if I were doing this, I would make that sort of be a small nod at subtle world building but i can't figure out what it is because mm-hmm. we we already know that the date is around april 11th 0049 mm-hmm. so that doesn't seem to be a date of capture string of numbers uh i can't think of what crmt might be it's not something associated with his uh amazon michael uh the refugee <clears throat> what's the name of the place the refugee Memorial? Uh, it's the Immigrants Memorial. Oh, okay. Was it Michael Tango or November Tango? In the file name. Uh, Michael. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, if it was NT as in November Tango, I could see it just being a cute little, ah, Carol and Tuesday, obviously he couldn't know that, but it's the yeah. cute thing in the That'd show. Be, that would be really cute. But I, like, usually yeah, I don't know. it's something about, like, what app was used to capture it or something. But I don't know. I just, I got stuck on that, and I was just like, okay, well, it would be this, it could be this. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, oh. and I will say, the cutest chase scene ensues. Actually, actually, actually. The fact that he has an account and the mm-hmm. fact that the video spreads so fast means mm-hmm. he already had a decent following. So my mm-hmm. question yeah, he was... Builds yeah, I did not catch that at first, but looking at his account, he has like a, a Gundam head-ish kind of uh, profile picture. Oh, yeah. he's Well, he was playing he was playing with one at one point. He was mm-hmm. specifically like cleaning it off or adding a layer of clear lacquer on top. Something yeah. like that. It's just like, oh, you are like oh, yeah. a professional Gunpla builder. And I was just like, they never say that out loud, but it's just like, yeah, it's right there. You can, And that would kind of explain why he had a following. Which Twitch uh-huh. stream. He does daily. <laughs> I guarantee you. Oh, I, How he else probably did he have that like, into the DJ? Yeah. God, I love yeah. it. Yeah, the DJ thing's really his side gig. Well, yeah, that's how he makes money. He's an audio nerd. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I need me and with a DJ. But yeah, like I, I just, I love this chase scene after, you know, they, they play, and then another security guard comes after them. And I love that the guard focuses, and it's kind of, you know, a thing that will also be kind of addressed on a social level later in the series, that the cop goes after Carol, not Tuesday, mm-hmm. giving Tuesday time to get her very large and speed-encumbering guitar put up, slowly disembark the stage, and do just the cutest little run with it as mm-hmm. Carol leads this guy winding through Scooby-Doo-style the rows. I just love it, because all the motion in that is just perfect. Yeah, it was really good. I love it. Like, I can't tell you how many times I just watched that, because it, just, again, the movement and the fluidity of it, the natural nature of it, just made me happy. Yeah, Studio Bones does uh, good animation work. After our lovely chase, we switch over to Gus, who is once again at the bar, his favorite place to be. A couple rows over as a couple watching uh, the video that Roddy had posted. And at first he's upset because, darn it, ain't no one like music like he does. Then he happens to like it. Unfortunately, he knows Roddy, and Roddy is also kind of weird because he can use his data tracking, which exists on Instagram, to tell the exact location of where someone is. Yeah, location. Yeah, this, is why you turn, this is why you turn off geotagging on your phone. Yeah, that's, yeah, very real things that exist. That's existing. Uh, existing that's technology. horrible. Yeah, we live in a dystopia. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, um, I, I will My say my head though, is in the sand. Well, I gathered. <laughs> and Bob, there is, are many things going on. And your head is geotagged. <laughs> oh, good. I I love though. For, for, you know, problematic issues aside of what happens between <clears throat> Gus and Roddy and the tracking of two young women to their home. Yeah, that's a gross. Uh, that's so yeah, bad. That problematic element aside, I do love the fact that it's like, okay, 
but this is real technology and this is not that hard to do. And they, you know, if you really have your brain shut off, yeah. Or your head in the sand, like, yeah, this looks real futuristic. I'm like, man, existing technology, what a thing. But it just, it just made sense. It does. It's not built to the show. You know what I mean? It seems both future, like, remember, this is 2019. Mm-hmm. So it's it's logical leap from the uh, writer's point. No, not really. We It was a big thing into it. Like, I, I remember. Yeah, it was existing for some time, Bob. Yeah, this oh. has been a thing. Facebook te- has it on their shit, too, for years. I remember it got oh, a, know, facial recognition. A, uh, a big boost around all the protests in the wake of George George Floyd in um, 2020. So I think there was a much bigger awareness of it then. But yeah, it, it's been around quite a bit longer than that. I will also say to your point about the facial recognition. I mean, that's that's already kind. That was already co- common knowledge for a, at that point in 2019 in existence. Uh, for all kinds of versions of law enforcement, government agencies, and I am sure very public sector areas. <clears throat> I have not encountered, uh, encountered it, but I'm, I'm almost certain my employer <clears throat> uses, without going to names, uses that when we are dealing with certain types of instances of fraud. Mm. In, in, you know, different higher areas than what I work in. I'm sure they have access to that, but no one openly tells us they do. I don't disagree that it exists. My phone tells me who's tagged in my photos whenever I take a picture. Mm-hmm. And everyone realizes that Facebook is listening to give you specific or specific ads. Uh, being said, still weird. Yeah, if, if we keep going down this hole, it's going to get so dark. So, yeah, uh, it is move depressing. on to Gus and Roddy finding Carol in episode two. Oh, I'm sorry. You... <laughs> we end on just... his face smushed through their door saying, I am now your manager. Here's Gus. <laughs> very, very much. You cannot convince me. That is very much supposed to be the here's Johnny equivalent. Absolutely. Like, intentionally. I mean, it's all just there. Except he's got and... a big smile and rosy cheek. Yeah, he, he, he looks so uh, dumb of ass, but big of heart in that scene. It's just and great. scary of face. Yeah, oh yeah, scary of face. Big of face. <laughs> Dumb of ass. <laughs> that has to be probably, though, I, I love the cute chasing. That has to be probably my favorite moment, just because it's so easily recognizable to what it's aping from. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, we end on that, and that moves us into episode three. Which is Fire and Rain, which, as Joe mentioned at the beginning of the episode, all the songs are based around music. Uh, we open up to our new best friends forever, Carol and Tuesday and Gus and Roddy, all going to the local pizza place that happens to serve uh, tomatoes of the top of their pizzeria. Yeah, it's their selling point. We got organic tomatoes. We have real tomatoes. It's actually kind of cool. tomatoes. <laughs> the Gus put it, farm to table, <laughs> roof to roof to stomach. Uh, they all decide to order a margarita pizza. 
not a bad choice. Maybe not my favorite, but I do like the whole slices of uh, mozzarella. Uh, Yo, same. For breakfast pizza, I feel like that's a better choice. There's less cheese, so it's not as heavy. Is it not perfect that would aspiring musicians and a would-be musician and a uh, audio engineer would just have pizza for breakfast? Mm-hmm. That just seems so on point. Uh, they talk about how many Instagram followers they've gotten, or not followers, but views the video's gotten, and uh, Gus. Sorry, I'm taking this back to pizza for a second. I would just like to point out that there are other people in that restaurant, and that restaurant is open at that time. So, breakfast mm-hmm. pizza is a thing, apparently. Oh, I'm not arguing that, but I just think it's like, specifically for the these four, it's like, yes, we're going for pizza. And I just love it. It, it just... Makes me feel young again. We've established that Gus and Roddy are friends, but Roddy still has to look up who Gus has managed before, which I find a little weird. But okay, we find well, out maybe that Gus friends outside of the business and like yeah. just never really come up. That's an interesting age difference there. Yeah, it's... I've seen these kinds of friendships before. I don't know. It just, oh it no, I, I absolutely, I absolutely have seen this type of friendship. And because Roddy is in the music business, I'm sure that Gus has been around. Yeah, I'm sure he's been aware of Gus and encountered him at different points, um... especially with that band Lazy Sandwich. Oh, <laughs> uber amazing band name. Yeah, a Radiohead cover band. <laughs> like, yeah. Motorhead. Uh, or Motorhead, thank you. I don't, sorry. <clears throat> Motorhead, thank you. Because I didn't he even have also my notes. Manager for Flora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that, that name keeps coming up. I'm sure. The, the kids, including Grady, have never heard of them. But CNT mm-hmm. uh, do trust us enough to go ahead and make it professional. So. In this instance, uh, just for clarity, Bob, Roddy is just Basil Exposition for us. He's just there to be the audience information center. I I believe, yeah, I believe if this wasn't a series and actually just kind of happening in a real-world scenario, he probably knows who he is. It's just to fill us and the girls in. I mean, he probably just knows him as, like, some old producer dude, like, you don't necessarily know the details of all the stuff your elder coworkers have done in their careers. And to, to your point, even Joe, I would say, just letting my mind think about it, as he may even be one of those. Oh, you know, you heard about Gus, right? Oh, he's this old has been. Mm-hmm. I could even see that being since he seems to be down on his luck. Feels hard, but he's definitely not at the top of his game. Yeah. Uh, Roddy. It says, you know, you want to get famous? I happen to know a DJ. And Gus is like, you want to get famous? You got to make your voice sound better. Mm-hmm. And the girls are like, okay. DJ, what's my name? Yes, uh, Ettergand. Even though that's not it, that is what I shall call him. It's like Ergen, Erdogand. Fair. Erdogan. DJ who dis. <laughs> New DJ who dis. <laughs> Hang on a second. Uh-huh. Future yeah. DJ, who dis? Go on. I'm just going to reference that, that during this whole meeting, we did touch base with uh, Tuesday's mom, who Spencer has established, hey, you know, she's in the city. And 
world's best mom's like, well, I don't want any press on this. She'll come back if she wants to, but I've got the election to focus on. Which, wow. Mm-hmm. I do want to sidestep us real quick. Uh, <clears throat> in both the first episode, but more prominently in this episode, <clears throat> this is where you get your very first clear look at the proof that this is in the Bebop universe. Because, again, it's kind of like initially it's a blink and you miss it, and later episodes you hear it mentioned more uh, openly. But when they show the prices of the pizza, they're using the Wulong symbol for the currency that existed in Bebop when you'd see, like, the bounty heads listed. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out because that was, like, that instance of, like, when I behind the scenes told the guys, like, hey, you know, there's a there's a thing that ties it in. Can you find it? Because arguably any series could be set on Mars. You know, this could have been way later Martian successor Nadesco, arguably. This could, um, have, this could have been the Dark Tower on Mars. Yeah, exactly. So, but that that's kind of like your hard evidence, because spoilers, you're never going to see the Swordfish, because obviously this is post the series. You're never going to see Jet Black, the Bebop, Faye, anyone. They're I have just, a question. Yes. Is the fact that it's in the Bebop verse, like, is that, like, a thing that fans kind of play up more? Like, was that a nope. conscious decision that it's he's linking decision. his universes together specifically? Because I always felt like this sort of thing is just when you have a creator who's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, like, use the He has same. openly stated that the, these two share the universe. Okay. Yeah, believe me, that was one of those two. I'm like, no, no, and that's when I when I uh, looked it up when I first heard about the show. I'm like, okay, it is. He's He literally says so. Because, like, so... that's the sort of shit I would do, like, if across my... I do do across my own stories. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just, like, read oh, yeah. shit, because it's like, this is just what the currency is. No, and I, I, I 100% get that, and that's kind of what I was assuming as well. But no, when I first heard about this, no one told me what the kind of proof in the pudding was. So, first off, when I looked up, okay, Watanabe says, dis, after Bebop, same universe, same Mars. Okay, and then watching, it's like, ah, the Wulong. So, here's our soft ties. But yes, that's it. Also, there's a thing we'll discuss later, because it's tied to kind of my... uh. Uh, problematic tags at the end that I'll explain that also you kind of, while not a clear through line, you can see, ah, this is happening again from Bebop. Hmm. Okay. So, sorry, I didn't mean to sidestep. Uh, Please continue. Uh, The only other thing is we get to see Angela again with her own AI pet, which happens to be a rabbit, and they're just asking her a bunch of questions. I don't know if this is to emphasize that she's still an actress. She's still a celebrity. I got the read of this is like some... Sorry, go ahead. Or they're just trying to establish that she still has some lout in the uh, industry. Popular. I I got the impression this is like future cribs, kind of. Yeah. See, I was trying to figure out was this like a piece of video generated by AI to be the sort of like 
behind the scenes uh content. Yo, it could have been because we never see this or hear about this again. Yeah, and it it's kind of it's paced weirdly. The questions are kind of weird. There's ways and her that, answers like, are all really simple. And there, there's like she jumps through space weirdly in the course of the yeah. short clip. I they never say anything about it, but I was just like, it, it just struck it feels me. creepy, it was odd. Yeah, there's it feels very kind artificial of, about it. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say Uncanny Valley. Yeah, it's like this is a dialogue that's happening. These are two persons interacting but yeah the more you say that I'm like yeah maybe it really was because when we see this scene immediately it cuts to Angela walking in on Tao he's working on something, something. so yeah that I, wow that yeah that you're probably right i've missed that this whole time it's it's a weird one like like just a theory but like it's just it feels weird it feels weird yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the more I think about it, yeah, that really does make sense because even their answer, like you said, the responses, they, the dialogue is there. It doesn't feel tense or anything, but it feels stilted, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you're right. Oh, Q and uh, Carol on Tuesday. And they're just doing normal things like going to the laundromat to wash some clothes. And that's when they make their next song. Um, you know, beating up the machines as they go and having this poor guy sitting in the middle looking confused and then joining in on them. Does he get to join the band? No, he's just there. This is Listen, a improv cute. everywhere sort of deal. Yeah, it's and a... you know, maybe he just wanted to be part of a thing. It's cool. I just, I really thought that by this point in the future, uh, performances of Stomp would have been outlawed. <laughs> never in fact what do you think caused the gate disaster well i mean that's why it got outlawed there was the incident but the there were no collapsed. survivors of stomp so no one knows it was actually stomp <laughs> oh survivors of stomp is a really weird um support group mm. <laughs> okay. yeah <laughs> okay anyway anyway we go and see uh that uh Gus has a short bit with the bartender, think he's going to give up drinking, and then has another drink. And uh, Carolyn Tuesday are at their, uh, you know, voice exercise, so known as yoga. Space and yoga. Universal yoga. Um, ah, yes. In space. Now sing. Now Every, downward dog position. Now Now sing. His his delivery of like something like and now project f or feel it in your womb. I'm like, oh, that's a sentence I just don't want to hear from you. Oh, it's it's very interesting, but that for humor and it's actually kind of funny. Uh, constantly, Gus is just saying, "Boy, things have changed." Yeah, I do love that. Uh, switch over to Angela, who is visiting with Tao again and getting in that. Uh, Torture device of doom, and he's like, "No, you're gonna sing it my way," because she's going through the scales, and she's like, "I can't hit this note. I don't know what you're doing." Yeah, and he's like, "No, my <laughs> song is perfect. I am not changing it to fit the artist, so you must change to fit the song." I'm not saying you're garbage, but you're garbage. <laughs> to get her to get her to hit the notes, he scares the living crap out of her. 
when chairs attack too. I would have the same reaction as her. I'd be hitting those notes too. Well, good lord, nope. <laughs> but, you know, it kind of... I feel like anecdotally those kind of stories exist. So, like, you, you scare someone to get them to hit their note, be it, like, in a musical, I think it was, like, to prove to her that she can hit that note. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, see, it was all so. Yeah, see, you're capable of it. Now, do yeah. it on purpose. <laughs> it's like, you can do it. Now, do it. He, evil man, evil. Uh, we switch back over to TNT. And Roddy's like, hey, just so you know, I was able to get up with Etrigan, and you can meet up with him. Yay! I guess. Because they need yeah, that for their weird. own clout in the entertainment. They need to have yeah, a DJ associated that's how with you, them. That's how you get big, is you have a, a DJ promote you. That's how it rolls on Mars. DJ, who this? DJ, uh, we where see... am I? I don't know. That's a new so shirt they, design, Nick. Write it down. DJ who dis. DJ who go to Etrigan's house. Um, security's like, oh, girls, we've been expecting you. After you, please just follow the arrows on the floor. And then Gus tries to go in, and they're like, um, nope, not on the list. I guess Roddy could only get it so far. Or he is playing yeah. a prank. The girls I, go in. I do you know like after. Oh, go ahead. When they go in the holographic I'm assuming or actually under the floor lighting Girls. directional patterns yes I, like on airplanes yeah I I don't know why I like it, it I like it. it it feels like such a pretentious thing that only the rich would have you know if you unless you're like in an office building trying to go to an interview or something where it would make sense but in a house I'm like yeah this feels kind of pretentious but it's uh, I love it <laughs> It's such a weird feeling for me. Uh, so the girls are sitting there waiting for Etrigan, who's out in the pool surrounded by beautiful girls. Uh, eventually, he makes his way inside and sees them. And it's like, oh, yeah, that. And then undresses in front of them. I... Uh, uh, no. To be, to be fair, we at least get the confirmation it's not as bad as it could have been. Believe me. I was right there with you. Yeah, it's it's gross. Hands down, it's gross. But it's not as bad as it could have been. Like, Mr. I'm going to order you. Yeah, it's uh, gross. Starts working out. The girls are like, hey, we wrote some music. We think it's pretty good. If you want to give it a listen. He's like, you wrote some music? I don't want to hear it. It's crap. <laughs> Again. <laughs> calling modern AI, quote-unquote AI enthusiasts. <laughs> and Tuesday's like, mm, no, not today. Satan out my house. <laughs> and she just grabs her music and sets it on fire in front of him, setting up the sprinklers in the house. I love her. She's such a good girl. Etrigan honestly doesn't seem too upset by it. Almost seems impressed as of the, what I took yeah. from it. He's weird. He is, but his reaction it's not what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. And from his little spiel, like we get the um the information that like he's a DJ and all his stuff is like done with AI because he's like invested heavily in the AI entertainment sector. Yeah. yeah. 
they run out of the house because apparently running away from things is just the Carol and Tuesday thing to do. Yeah, they kind of laugh at the fact that they end up running away from trouble. Almost a bit. Ronnie gets the message. Go ahead. I do like the, just like, are you experiencing deja vu? Nah, it must just be a you thing. Let's go! They should have had the, uh, the Benny Hill theme on the soundtrack. Oh uh, pretty much. Someone abridge Carol and Tuesday and do that. <laughs> uh, Roddy gets some message on his phone. Oh, Etricon's house has had an alarm. And he's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. Not my problem. I didn't do that. <laughs> now, can we talk about some of that art in Etricon's Oh, my house? God, yes. So there's a Banksy oh, in there. Yeah. There is. Uh-huh. There is a Banksy. Uh-huh. You know what else there is too that I just love and I hate that I love it? The emoji tower. I didn't even notice anything else because I was laughing too hard at the Banksy. It was after the Banksy in the room that they eventually just talk in. In the mm-hmm. left corner, there's it's just the far top left corner as we're viewing it. There's just this pile of emojis like stacked on top of each other to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that I hate it because you see the smiley one, I think the frowny one. And I'm like, hmm, theater. But yeah, they're there. No poop emoji, though, which is disappointing. What's in the bathroom? He is the poop yeah. emoji. Right. <laughs> You're right. And yeah. And this episode. Yeah, nice nice kind of little clean third episode. I will, I'll be yeah, but like, they get out of there and they're like, oh, fuck you, we'll make it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screw you, we'll make our own music. With Booker's <laughs> But no, I love this because, and part of the reason I had to put this in there is like, you get to now kind of experience Gus and Roddy, and you get a feel for essentially the core cast now. You have all four of your major Carol and Tuesday players on the side of Carol and Tuesday. Yeah, and you get and a you sense get a of what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And you get a little bit more of the world, like I said, the, the like we touched upon the pizza place, like, ah, because growing fresh vegetables on a terraforming planet and having direct access to them, like, that's probably going to be really hard. So it makes sense that, you know, a restaurant that would exist, and it's, you know, one of their core elements is literally grown upstairs. And... Like, you get a lot of just good visual world building as well, and I just love it. Oh, like, uh, okay, so early, like, the first shot of Carol when she's waking mm-hmm. up and heading out to work, she chugs from, like, a gallon jug of water that's mm-hmm. labeled drinking, drinking water. water. hmm Also, you know, you know what kind of drink she used to wake Tuesday up? The durian drink. That's yeah. right. Yep. And it, keep, it keeps popping up. And I love it because they don't forget the world building and their, you know, product placement, their own in-world product placement. I like the idea that the fact that everybody is used to drinking durian soda is actually a nod to the fact that this is a low-key um, commercialism dystopia future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, uh, there's an episode between this and 18 where uh, – Angela and her mother are discussing something. Angela is kind of accusing her mother of having done a thing without saying what it is outright. Mm. It's like, you you did this. Why You did this thing behind my back. Yes, I did. But 
we can't we can't just say no to the durian contract we signed it mm-hmm, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like the durian rises it's the ever-present t- uh, tyrannical durian and we're like i i almost wish that this had been something watanabe had thought of ahead of time because imagine what it would have been like just to see spike and jet or Faye with like the can of durian drink <laughs> Or just having them drink it, and it's like, Faye's like, you know that thing's gross, right? Uh-huh. Oh, or just but like, yeah. like, of all the things to be able to grow naturally on Mars, it had to be durian, huh? I know, right? It's like, uh-huh. of course you'd be here. And meanwhile, where does where does a durian grow anyway, I gotta ask? Uh, popular Southeast Asia, I think, mostly. mostly okay, like, I was gonna... I actually don't know... I know, I know that flavor-wise, like, candy and drinks and stuff, it's it's... A lot of Southeast Asia. I thought it was Australia for some reason because I could just imagine if it was the case that some Australians coming to uh, Mars is like, of course you'd be here. Well, the the problem with durian is the smell, not the flavor, right? True. Right. I've heard it tastes okay. The taste is pretty never mellow. Yeah. Hmm. Well, never gonna try it knowingly. If someone gives it to me and then accidentally, sure, I'll give that a go. I uh, I would well, brave the durian. <laughs> There's durian-flavored candies, I think, that pop up around here sometimes. Tell you what, Nick, if you if you get some durian drink, uh, whenever we all meet up, yeah, we can. I, I will t- I will sample the durian drink. All right, I'm I'm gonna hold you to that. If I remember, no durian pizza. You, huh? Not even as a dessert. No, not even no. as breakfast. Anyway, we got one more episode to talk about here. Uh, episode 18, Only Love Can Break Your Heart. Now, Chuck. No. Go on. It is not unusual that we'll pick the first episodes and then grab something from later on in the series. Or to be loved by anyone, but go on. Wh- right. Uh, what's new, Pussycat? Uh, the- that's not, it's, it, never mind. Why specifically this episode? Because, like, there is a lot going on here. So one could argue that there is I, essentially I, two major arcs. Actually, I, I guess maybe maybe what I'm, what I'm really trying to ask for is um, this episode is clearly showing some of the bigger stuff that is going on by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. What are maybe some of the... It is always a hard pick to pick this, you know, the late series episode. So what are some mm-hmm. of the things you had to turn down for the sake of watching <sighs> this episode? That's really what I want Well, to audience, earlier I mentioned OG Bulldog and the Mermaid Sisters, and those are good contenders for episode four because a, a song that just goes fucking bullshit, fucking bullshit, <clears throat> in a kind of doo-wop style, please listen to it. You will love it. It will get stuck <laughs> in your head. You need it. <clears throat> And as well as a all Latin lyric virtuoso gangster rap opera, let that sink in. Also, really good. Um, we are now past the will. Will they be the next top idol? Spoiler: No. But they also yes. But anyway, it's essentially a show. This show is not just about the music like can they can they achieve their dream it's that or at least achieve their goal they they did the thing they went on the idol show 
you know, Mars is brightest. They went on. They were judged. Things happened. Moving on. Yeah, and I guess it's critical to say, without going into too much detail, spoiler, uh, you've got five seconds, and by the time I finish the sentence, to stop listening if you don't want to hear this. They get a contract, even though they technically do not win. The, that happens a lot. Yeah, Mars is brightest. Yeah, and that's not uncommon. It's interesting about how they don't win but still win. I like kind of how the show handled it, <clears throat> just because there was a lot of ways it could have been handled. And it was very dramatic, not just, all oh, these songs, but what happened behind the scenes. Uh, tr- trigger warning one. There is instances of obsessive stalking and aggressive action taken, particularly against Tuesday, by another contestant, as well as sexual aggressiveness. And it's, it's, I will say, it's, I don't, I feel so wrong to say it's handled tastefully. It is not the worst it could have been. But you definitely get the feel of it's not good and it's handled in kind of what I would call the best way a depiction of this could be handled if it had to happen. And there are reasons I believe it was done this way that is relevant to this current conversation. The point is that they did the thing. They got the contract. And a lot of shows, that's just where it ends. They they did the thing. They're going to be music stars now. But this is showing that it doesn't just go from we we got the contract now we big. Now it's showing okay what happens after you get the contract. There's finding a producer. There's getting a studio. There's all kinds of steps. But also throughout the first half of the season or the series rather, we get this constant background about Tuesday's mom Valerie and her depict or her campaign to be president of Mars and she's running again this is 2019 we're definitely pulling from western culture at that time of a very hardline conservative anti-immigrant status anti-immigration is anti-immigration platform yeah anti-immigration is like a platform a relevant point in most places and times again (laughs) yeah to be fair you are correct again i'm saying western because again a lot of this really draws off western kind of sensibility and design or not design but um kind of action and history even recent history and so that's also still going on and there's a while that is while the story is yes about carol tuesday What's going on with Valerie doesn't stop. It's only escalating. And that's going to affect direct, both directly and indirectly uh, Tuesday and arguably Carol, an immigrant. And this affects people they know also in the music industry. And this, it just, it's not just a someone else's problem. It's a the everyone problem. So I wanted to show everyone here. That this is not just a, okay, we got the, the label, hooray. It's No, there's more to this. And there's kind of an ongoing 
subplot from the beginning that you're not sure is going to be truly relevant until it is and get that payoff. And so here we are. We have now entered the political arc, the presidential election or campaign arc. And it does take a darker tone as it goes on. This is where I guess before we get to the end of this episode, in this episode, there is a content warning. There is a terrorist attack. Put put an asterisk on that for later episodes. Uh, but there is also later depictions of police brutality, particularly against persons uh, in this depiction of color, of, of minorities, but of color. And it kind of has toned down vibes of what happened to George Floyd. And you have abuse of power by the police. There is also for one character we have met so far going to be depictions of depression, drug and alcohol abuse. And the narrative from part one and part two of this season also include, unfortunately, some negative depictions of trans persons. And, and I'll just cover this here. In Bebop, you had Venus, where there's this little bit of pollen makes you blind, depending on certain circumstances. Something about the air and the terraforming and the process can affect a percentage of the population and changes their gender just by being there. And I'll be honest, it's not clear if it changes it completely or makes them truly gender neutral. It's ambiguous enough, but the impression I get is that it changes their gender because we see a picture at one point of Angela's mother when she was younger and a man, a very heavy man with a baby Angela. And unfortunately a lot, a lot's such a strong word, but the few, uh, excuse me, the few trans persons depicted here are either very abusive, very hostile, very aggressive, are villain, archetypal villains that are also trans, unfortunately. I don't like that. That is probably one of my heaviest critiques in general of the show as it is, is that this is not a good look, especially in the when it came out. I don't know if this is just the choice that Watanabe said of, well, I did a weird thing on Venus. What's the alter human altering thing here? <clears throat> and just didn't think about it, who he made those characters, or if it was a truly conscious and intentional choice. But either way, it's not good. It's not great. Yeah, it's... Bad look. It's it's a very bad look. So, that's why I say content warning. And, and like I said, this is not just in the second half, because throughout the first half, we get a... Angela's mother is not a good person. And we get that hard and heavy. But then we meet others along the way. And I would even say there's negative depictions about LGBTQ persons specifically. 
a lesbian girl because she's the one that does the harm against Tuesday and during the competition and assaults her. So it, it's not good in those areas, I will wholeheartedly admit. And if that's offensive enough to break one's engagement, I don't blame anyone. I get it. And you're, you're right for that if it does. If it's not enough, fine. But just be aware these are there. So, but that said, that's kind of why I wanted to show episode 18, because essentially we have had nothing but a ha- more or less happy-go-lucky show. And this show gets deep. It goes deep hard. I can't, I'm sorry, Nick. I can't do anything simple. Everything I have, I like seems to have to have. And then we go down the rabbit hole. That's fine. I am similarly afflicted. Okay, good. <laughs> so now, that all said, hey, Bob, tell us about episode 18. Oh. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Hold this bomb for me. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. We do start off with uh, Angela working with uh, Tao and Etrigan. They're together now as far as working as co-workers. And they're arguing over music and Angela's like, whatever. Angela's mom runs, rushes in because apparently Angela's been dating a guy named Aaron. Aaron? Aaron was her manager in that uh-huh. first episode. Oh. That got fired. Yeah, Aaron also had some kind of manipulative plans to use Angela. Of course. Angela, at this point, is being stalked by someone calling themselves the Black Knight. And the Black Knight hacked a Tesla. It's not a branded Tesla, but let's be honest, it's a self-driving electric car. It's a Tesla. And in true Tesla fashion, it did a runover of Aaron. He doesn't want anything to do with her because they visit him in the hospital, and he's like, nope. Yeah. Karma's a bitch for him. Uh-huh. Uh, we flip over to on Tuesday, and they're actually recording music. Uh, it's taking them a while because their uh, studio... Thank you. Things to be perfect. And I think that's what, track three that they're working on? Mm-hmm. 97 tries to get it. This is Toby. Toby is an older hat than Gus <clears throat> in the record business, the music business. He really did and know the is, Backstreet Boys. I mean, possibly. Um, he, how do I want to put this? He is very critical, but he's also not essentially done done any kind of, produced any kind of bad work. It's just because girl- of how difficult... He's worked, been to work with that. He's kind of fallen out of favor. Girls didn't seem upset when he said, you know, hey, we got it this time. Instead of yeah. being upset, they're like, oh, awesome. They were just relieved that they don't have to take it a 33rd yeah. time. Yeah. And... Um, the previous episode, just to give you some context, they would start, they wouldn't even get more than a couple chords into the song. And he said, shit, mm. shit. Shit, like, he knew, he's like, I know what's going to come. And you think he's just being a dick. But as he kind of goes on, it's like, no, maybe he actually gets it. And he's really just trying to help them. Like, they get to one, he's like, that one. 
Ooh. after they only play a couple chords, that one. And it's like, and that's why it's like, he gets it. He, he's, he knows his stuff. He's an old hat for a reason. It's just, he's again, he's fallen out of favor because he's a dick, but he gets it done. So when, when you get all these tries to put into context, it's because he is pushing for perfection, kind of like Tao is, but doing it to get the heart and soul, not just to say, let's see what we can mass produce today. Yeah, it, it's it's very much another point where the Angela storyline is acting as a, a very direct foil to C&T storyline. Mm-hmm. Because while uh, Tao and Aragorn are complaining about, you know, their sense of perfection in the music, they're complaining about who adjusted who touches dials on the ai where this is it is the same thing it is about sort of like striving for the best possible product but it is the old school way it is about repetition and practice and and you know getting there yeah yeah you gotta do it to get it done and i as much as like he he is kind of insufferable about it to them and and arguably to probably most audience members i kind of respect it because he is that Taskmaster, just a gross analogy. He's definitely Pie May from Kill Bill's. Like you're gonna get it right, mm-hmm. and he's perfect at it. Listen, he may be a jerk, but he's not wrong. The worst kind of jerk. Correct. Gus comes in and he has good news. They get an invitation to the Hofner, or from Hofner. I'm sorry, Hefner. 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 Yeah. The, the yeah. English is pronounced Hefner, but yeah, it's Hefner. However, Joe said it because I'm going to say it wrong. Hefner. But he's the, he's the main guy of the Cydonia Festival. And I am going to assume these are important things. <laughs> we did the Cydonia Festival earlier in an episode you haven't seen. Don't worry about it. But all I know is Mars really digs music. Mm hmm. I mean, every summer, every time the spring hits in Michigan and the grass is green, Bob, you and I both know Lansing, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, and all over else, I'm sure, busting out music festivals the second, you know, the ground is harder. Yeah. Mars is like planet Woodstock. They meet up with Hitler, and uh, he does give them the offer to join the stage at Cydonia. Two things. For context. Hefner was a part of a band once upon a time called Lazy Sandwich. Oh. That's how the Gus know him. And second thing, it's not just that he makes an offer. Bless Gus. I love Gus. Now, you you don't just take the first offer. You got to make them work for it. And so they all they all play like, mm, hard to get. And he's like, fine, I'll just get someone else. Wait, no, no, we want it. We want it. <laughs> it's like so much for hard to get. Uh Get a chance to see presidential candidate Valerie. Uh, kind of speaking to the fact that they want no more immigrants to Earth. From Earth. Refugees are no longer welcome here according to her policy. From that she Earth. is directing toward. Uh, interesting. Yeah, because of the gate collapse mentioned in Bebop, Earth kind of a wasteland now, or at the very least under oh. a lot of seismic upheaval. Mars is now what Earth is in most science fiction, the the jewel of the solar system. 
So the it's a point. Burners want to take their jobs. Maybe they put a big fence around Mars. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And they'll make uh, Earth pay for it. <laughs> so Carol and Tuesday are back at their apartment. And Tuesday's like, you know, I think I'm going to meet again with Kyle. And we haven't met Kyle, but they do explain it enough where he's a reporter. Carol's like, you know, he's probably just digging around wanting information. It's absolutely nothing to do with any inferred feelings. But uh, Tuesday's like, I can do, or Carol just warns her. Carol doesn't tell her that she can't do stuff. Once again, showing that Carol Mm -hmm. is quite possibly the most kindest person ever. Their relationship is perfect. I will hear no arguments. Tuesday goes out and meets Kyle, and Kyle honestly seems like a, in, in this meeting, seems like a genuinely a, a decent person. Uh, he allows Tuesday to ask him questions about how he wanted to be a, a reporter, and Kyle asks her, you know, a little bit about her mom, but it's not anything Tuesday isn't willing to share. Uh, I was like, you know, your mom's been hanging out with this weird dude who does anything to win. Jerry. His name is Jerry. And he's like, this show doesn't hide things. Everything's very obvious. If a person is not a good person, they are very clearly just not a good person. His name is Jerry Juke. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anime villain Jerry and his off-screen character friend and character Ben. Uh, while they're finishing up their talk, uh, both seem happy. That's one to boom. It's an explosion in the distance. Uh, where was it, Bob? Where was the explosion? What 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 boomed? We find out later, but it's at their weather factory. Or whatever plant. It's yeah, they call it the weather, weather plant. Made. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, it's the climate, con- literally actual climate control. I would say this continues for me being on the side of Kyle because he really does help Tuesday through a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he, you know, I get where Tuesday's coming from. Or not Tuesday, sorry, Carol. He's. He's never done anything to this point to show he's anything other than who he is. He's an investigative reporter. So, yeah, I can get how people get a kind of bad read on him. His vibes are definitely off. He's there to calm her down. And I say it that way. I say it that way because of a point later. But he's very Mm -hmm. friendly. And he, you know, is like, all right, let's leave now. Uh, They meet up with. Carol and Kyle's like, okay, everything good. I'm gonna go. That's when we <laughs> he, he over makes sure she's taken care of yeah. before she, before he leaves. He's yeah. he's genuinely a nice person. Yeah. There's from what I see, there's not anything negative in his attention. Or can intentions. we circle? Can we circle back to their discussion though before the boom? Sure. Specifically, and this is going to go again to something like my my notes specifically go hard caps lock at a certain point because 
<clears throat> we're talking about Jerry and they're discussing what he does. And essentially uh, they say like your, your mom's pole positions all changed dramatically once she once, met Jerry. Once she met Jerry. And yeah. because Jerry, like someone else we know, really likes to use AI, and I hate that this is how AI <laughs> is going to be used, if not already used, in politics. Oh, it's already used. They always I'm use sure it is. and numbers I, and computers and I just, to make decisions. It's one of those, like, I haven't had any confirmation to my knowledge that I can recall, so I'm sure it's there, but I'm not going to just say it and have someone say, well, no, when I can't prove them right or wrong. But yeah, it's like, God, I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but you're like, okay, so we found the true villain, Jerry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, we cut to the weather plant and it confirms that it's a weather plant which I actually love because in my sci-fi head it's like well how can they be on Mars it doesn't make sense there's no way that they could be warm enough yeah it's, it's terrifying and they have a, a giant space heater yeah it's giant climate control space heater went go boom well, now we need to call the giant... And now, and now the <laughs> planet's going to be cold, which uh-huh. I believe scientifically possible to live on Mars theorem. Yeah. Uh, as far as, as, as the heat's concerned. It gets yeah, super, super cold. Yeah, it's getting but, colder than it should be for the season as designed, but it's not um, completely what I would call offline. It's just working at a much lower capacity, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, someone finds out that explosion was caused by anti-Mars forces. And Terrorists. They specifically use the T word. Also, of like, course, it... we hear that from what's her face, who comes on uh-huh. TV and says that, like, oh, clearly it was such and such, and that That's is why the... you need to uh-huh. immigrants me. are coming in and blowing things uh-huh. up. It's Man, she's not very good at this subterfuge. Well, to, yeah. to be fair, this is all information provided to her by Jerry. Yeah. Uh, so she's going off Jerry's information. I will never not stop saying. But that she again. believes him, which is yeah. She trusts him. She or doesn't at least have any goes along with him. If only yeah. that didn't have Stupid. any Western context. Yeah. Does anyone? Do the words "false flag" mean anything to anyone? Because I'm not going to anyway, lie. Sounds like a. That's what this feels. Like. Sounds like a rule in Calvin Ball. I don't know. I know. I will also circle back real quick. We did skip over something that's important to a thing Bob was kind of referencing. Will be later. Mm-hmm. Uh, before go boom. Uh, it has been established in a previous episode and is kind of touched on again here. Kyle likes to use hard copy paper notebooks. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he reaches the end of his. And they talk about how you can't find these on Amazon. They don't say Amazon, but let's be honest, <laughs> we know it survived. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't find them online anymore. They're all sold out. And that's that's kind of a point for later. We're starting to get to why it's relevant. That's because Tuesday is walking around and she happens to look in a store. Uh-huh. And I have no idea what it is, and I don't think by the end of the episode they say what it is, but the assumption is a notebook for myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a moleskin or something. Yeah. <laughs> we also, uh, did we skip Angie and her mom? We did. Yes. But the, the stalker's still stalking. 
Yeah, the cops searched her place for bugs, wiretaps, the whole nine yards, and found nothing. But it's like, and well, allow me to add context why that's important. This guy doesn't just message her; he responds to her in real time when she's not actually talking to him, but a. Yeah, we saw a little bit of that. Yeah, we get that. I just want to clear. That's not the first instance, but that is probably the most on the point of topic instance we see it. Uh, Flipping back to Tuesday. She's like, I'm going to go meet Kyle again. They're same spot. She walks up there. Kyle is leaning in to kiss another woman. Ooh la la. And yeah. Tuesday's all frustrated. And here's the thing is that at no point from what I saw in this episode did he say we're a couple. Yeah. That no. seemed like yeah, an interviewee good friend. Allow me to help. At no point has he ever let her on. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna I, squash that right there. There's no there's no groomer accusation, there's no I mean, misleading she's accusation. Seventeen. <laughs> right. She is seventeen. We also skipped how Gus and Roddy stopped by with food uh as Roddy put it, only for the girls <clears throat> to check on them to make sure they're okay. Cup noodle. Uh, because, yeah, cup noodle. <laughs> so and, many you cup know, noodles. Yeah, they're such good boys. Such good boys. Uh, but that said, yeah, she, she, <clears throat> she's 17. She had a crush. I'll be honest, when I first watched this, I thought this might have been her father. Because I, I, when I first watched it, I forgot that they said, like, yeah, he did. Um, yeah, their blonde hair really, and the eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what that's why I kind of forgot watching it. Um, I feel yeah, a little it's... bad for Kyle. It's like yeah, I he... bet you he was gonna he was gonna introduce her to his girlfriend or wife or whatever. So here's what's not clear: nothing is stated that this was a, going to be a like a planned meeting between the two of them. I agree that she was just so... like, oh, I know where we hang out. Yeah, so, like, how did she know he was going to be there today, tonight? And again, minor critique out of all of it. It It's a trope. It's a cliche. It happened. Honestly, it's handled a hell of a lot better than a lot of things do. True. So I, I'm, I'm willing to give it a pass. But, yeah, it's – Joe, you hit it on the head. She, yes, she's 17. And she's – And very uh, – nice. She was has sheltered. Lived, yeah, oh. sheltered and lived in her house. Like, and a, a nice, I'm assuming, attractive man to her. Because I can't really get a, a read on his age. Uh, but I'm going to assume it's close enough where she's okay with it, but still probably not right. I, I'm going to – my probably not right. <laughs> is, no, probably. Um, it's a man who's being nice to her. That's right. enough for a 17-year-old. And protected men. her from a very tra- potentially traumatic experience of yeah. duck and cover. And he oh. never did anything, like you said, to lead her on. He was just right. being protective. There was no, he no would do that with an old lady or a little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if Carol had been there in place, I'm sure he would have done the same thing. If Roddy had been there, it would have been the same thing. Uh-huh. Tuesday's all sad, runs off, and Carol being quite literally the best character in any anime that I've seen so far, mm-hmm. just out wandering around and sees her BFF. I think she specifically went looking for her because it, huh? it was getting late and she was like looking around like, uh, I'm, I'm back sure right you're now. probably right, but I kind of had Bob's read. It's like, oh, she's just going out for a walk in the cold. But, you know, but she she's like, here's my umbrella. Her and, and, umbrella saber. Thank you. Fucking, oh, I yeah. want that thing. I, that Same. needs to be somewhere. 
Pretty sure I'm they sure do exist. Does. I'm sure they have something. I just haven't seen it, but I want it. It's so cool. It is, right? So, okay. Do you think that the reason that the facility that got bombed was the weather plant had anything to do with then being able to excuse why we immediately get a sad girl in snow scene when a moment ago <laughs> it was the middle of summer? Yo, I ain't gonna lie. A hundred percent got it. I'm putting money on it. I don't, but I'm also gonna say I'm gonna double down on it because it works so well. I don't care if it's what that really happened because mm-hmm. I love it. It's so beautiful. Like, I love. I watch it so I'm like, I miss the snow. So yeah, it's so good. All the lighting and everything. Oh, perfect. That's the end of episode 18. Mm-hmm. And I want to back up your point, Bob. Yeah. At no point during the discussions did Carol like really have up. You can't see him or tell her what to do. But also to Tuesday's defense, at no point did she become like overly defensive either. Uh, they're once again continuing this. They're just really yeah. awesome people. They're such just... good people. But it's not in a way that it slaps your face like they're fake. Somehow they're both wholesome and realistic. Mm-hmm. So that being said, so Bob, yes. what you what you think about the, the carols in the Tuesdays? So this is, to my knowledge, and please correct me if I'm wrong, first show that we have seen that's not based in super future which we assume future, which it is, because it's on Mars. But it also feels kind of like... Mm, kind of it, it could have happened now. Yeah, this is uh, a believable outcome for a near future. And there's no robots? There's no aliens? There's limited AI, but autonomous units, but yeah. There's fancy Furbies. Yeah. They're fancy Furbies. Well, there's also, uh, in other episodes, fancy security pillars. Ooh la la. So for me, this is mm-hmm. probably the closest to grounded in reality that we've had so far. I would also go as far as say, I don't think this is, or I think this might be the first anime we've had on this list that really at no point is an action series. So I'm assuming there's more of this in the future. It's an assumption. I could be wrong. There can be. Uh, I... I'll start off with my areas of improvement. We'll say, I think the product placement, while necessary for the budget of the show, was verging a little too much. You could use like sounding names, and then when you use the actual products, it puts it in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. It's, it's DK Pepper. Don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, Coca-Cola. Uh, All the various whack dogs. Yeah, or not Starbucks, Starbucks. Yeah, that like, anime right. does have. It, it, it's that when you're using, you know, the obvious stand-in, you're just like, okay, you're you're kind of referencing the archetype. You understand what it's standing in for. But when you put in the actual whatever, it kind of... When I see the... a Gibson guitar, I assume it was made by Gibson. Mm-hmm. When I see 
Instagram, I'm like, oh, does she also have a Facebook page? Yeah. I, uh, I, I was going to say, so. like, it's it's an uncanny valley of, like, oh, wait, that's, like, a real thing in this fiction show. Like, hold on, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I guess, and this just occurred to me when you're saying that, I 100% get where you're coming from, because a lot, and I mean just about almost every anime does that if they're going to have the the thing, but not the thing. The almost thing. They do the yeah. almost thing. Yeah. Uh, as soon as this... they started off with Cindy Lauper, I was yep. like, oh, Cindy Lauper exists. I feel like this is... The universe of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is unavoidable because of the nature of the show being focused on music. You could throw fake names out there and be close, but it doesn't hit as hard or grounded, kind of to what you're talking about, about the future, in actual music. Mm-hmm. Arguably. Arguably, because I don't watch a lot of other music anime, if any. And to say that, you know, that gives it that extra sense of reality. This extra suspension of disbelief. So, I, I and I'm not trying to invalidate or counter what you're saying. I'm just saying, I feel like that's what it does. Because that's, I think, what I've discovered or figured out the words for of why it works for me. Hmm. I understand. And then the only, uh, or not only, but the other critique I have, and it's just a critique, and it's not bad per se it just gets close of the political intrigue just being so mirroring of 2019 america Mm -hmm. that like oh man and arguably still now no absolutely still now like we discussed at the beginning of the episode uh they're pretty good at just or four years later this is what's going on uh, yeah, it, Watanabe has his finger on the pulse of things. And while good, sometimes it just too much reality, I guess? I get it, yeah. It's it's too close to home. And while it, it, it's a fine line of I appreciate it and the message there, because even if it's something I disagree with, I appreciate the effort put in to try to make your point across. Mm-hmm. I, I still no, feel like... I agree. Um... But before we started recording, I was talking uh, a little bit about that this show reminded me of Ride Back, which, Joe, do you remember Ride Back? <laughs> yes, I do. Because that was a show that very much pitched itself up front as like, hey, this is a show about a former dancer who gets a bone disease and so instead becomes a uh, upright walking motorcycle dancer racer thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then what the show is actually about, you know, not even uh, by the time we get to the middle, but like, you know, almost right away. It's just like, actually, this is about like a political revolution that she is going to be caught up in and become like the icon of. And uh, there's going to be no stand up like walking motorcycle races and and, like what it can be saying in in whatever it's like political statement, you know, ideas that it wants to make are like that can be fine. But there's also something about, like, you kind of got to, you know, at least hint that that's in there up front. Otherwise, it can feel like a uh, a false bill of sale or something. Yeah, there, there. I won't lie. There is kind of a little bit of false advertising in how this is marketed. But, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you. This thing's being said. I think this show is good. I enjoyed it. I found Carolyn Tuesday to be the most wholesome characters we have ever had 
had the pleasure of having on this series so far. But not in a way where you're like, they're fake. Because mm. mm -hmm. we've, we, we've had perfectly nice and angelic people on here, but you're like, they're most like doing it as a ploy. Mm. And I felt no ploy with Carolyn Tuesday. Genuine, yeah. And I would probably agree with you. I'd have to go back and look to compare any other cinnamon rolls, but I'm sure you're right. Because we do have middling-ish characters with Gus and Roddy who, while good, also had their vices. Mm -hmm. Had quote-unquote bad characters with uh, anyone who was a mom. Or named Jerry. And characters with growth in Angela. Which the reason I say that she improved in 18 is she started having emotions outside of her own. Mm-hmm. Outside of, like, harsh competition. Self-conceit. Yeah, conceited. Yeah. So, Bob, now's the, the big follow-up question. Do you think you'd keep watching this? I was tempted to continue watching it today. <laughs> because Bob, it, you have no idea how happy I am to say that. I gen I feel involved in Carol and Tuesday. I want what's best for him. I'd <laughs> rare for a show to be like making me invested in their growth. Now it, this is you. this is a wholesome show. Uh huh. This is arguably a slice of life kind of show. For the first bit, at least it sounds like. I wouldn't even. Ar Considering how close this hits to home on the second one, I would still kind of call it Slice of Life, just not what you would typically associate with it. Mm. I mean, think about it. <clears throat> but that being said, I did say this. I'm not going to go into details. Uh, but I will say, I know I talked to Nick about this because he had a question, and I'm not going to tell you what it was because it was between me and him, regarding how the show ends. And I will tell you what I told him without trying to give anything away. In In a very similar ma similar uh, type, different presentation. It has a kind of a like ending to Bebop. And anyone knows who knows like really how Bebop ended, yes, there's an argument to be said, ah, but this is this is just definitive. There is something of a potential different take, and I'm trying hard to avoid spoiling it mm -hmm. <clears throat> but in the sense of that it, it is surely the end of the show but things still go on life still continues this is not just and everything's done the the story is over but it is clear that the world will keep spinning afterwards i will i will even tell you this because i don't feel like this is a spoiler there are two lines that are visually presented in at the end of Carolyn Tuesday, the series. And it says, Carolyn Tuesday will continue in your mind. Ooh. Yeah. In and when you see hall. how this, yeah, I know, right. And the way that's said, I'm like, God, you could put that at, at the end of Bebop minus the Carolyn Tuesday part. And that, kind of gets the same huh out of you. I mean, you could put that at the end of anything and then just go to AO3. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. But I also like kind of kind of the way it's like 
and 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 the story goes on as it were just not with us present so i i like that um but that being said <clears throat> it's this is another one of those that, like if people really saw my super secret list of top 10 anime this is actually on there over shows like bebop hmm. just because bebop bebop is really good it is depending on who you ask, like a gold standard, or at the very least, incredibly good. I like this because of the grounding and the sense of reality, and as Bob put it, the involvement. You become involved. You don't just become interested, but involved with these characters as the story goes. And that's something I don't feel like a lot of storytelling has. At least from my perspective, like I, I can be interested, but to kind of care, to like legitimately care, like, and I hope this really ends well for them. I like that, and it evokes it for me. So that's why I said, like, this is on my super secret top ten. And so to hear Bob kind of say what he did about it, like, oh, good, it, it, it had the exact resonance I hoped it would with. So I'm glad you liked this, Bob. To put it simply. But Nick, I or Joe, what did you think? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, that was all. Just agreeing. Thank you. Nick or Joe, I, I'm curious about your thoughts. I'm into it. I'm going to watch the rest of it. Sweet. It's funny to me that that is sort of what elevates it in your mind because after what we've watched, I don't give a shit about these characters or these worlds. <laughs> like, so, so it's not that I dislike them. I think sure. Carol and Tuesday are absolutely the, they're a fantastic couple. Like if there was like an actual sort of like slice of life episodic, uh, it didn't twirl off into dealing with her mother becoming the most right wing, uh, presidential candidate in Mars's history. Like, like, like that's the thing. Like, I like the parts where their relationship is wholesome and the rest of it is so grounded for the dark as well as the good that I'm just like, I don't want to take part in that right now. I will pass. Thank you. Fair. I'm good out here. Um, like I said, when I say it reminded me of Rideback, that is never a good thing to hear me say that uh, just because of the way that that show spiraled off into being, you know, something other than it pitched and something other than I wanted on top of that. Um, and like, like looking at the show for what it is, it just doesn't, uh, it's just not my taste. Not, nothing, you know, nothing bad to say about mm. it. It's just like, yeah, it's just, uh, this show seems perfectly fine. I think this is a show that a lot of people could like. It's not going to be for everybody and it's not for me. That's all. Yeah, fair. Uh, the worst, okay, the one worst thing that I would say about it is, and I, I guess this is also the question, is the style of music that they play, that, that their little duet plays, it is a very specific genre of music, and, like, it is associated with a very specific genre of people from my high school days. <laughs> also in a way that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember you people. 
I'm good. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that about the music that some of the, most most of the titles of the episodes refer to are songs that I do not like. Fair. Because they are from that kind of person who likes the association. Well, I mean, like, well, what was it? Episode two was a reference to Bruce Springsteen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I got nothing bad with Bruce Springsteen. But there is a, there is a thing that is just like, I listened to Cindy Lauper and then I decided to do what this woman who I've never met did never met but became popular did and now i'm going to go play this kind of music like for as good as a pair they are as a relationship for the music they want to wake it is that they want to make it is like cringingly twee for me uh-huh. it is just like oh you are mm. it's like every time she starts to play the guitar i kind of expect her to play uh you know, hey there, Delilah, which is like it's not actually what they do, but there's something about like the vibe of the band that they want to be that I'm just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this this is a fine I, line for the kind of person you are. Same, same, same. I guess I guess I'm lucky <clears throat> because I am probably the least versed in music. I don't care about music in the in the way I would say most people do. I hear a song, I like it, sure. I don't necessarily get... There are very few musical artists I truly get invested in. I I can see what you're talking about. I, I have a type of person, I'm sure that they might sync up with who you're talking about in the way of type of people that I could see listening to this. And, yeah, like, I get it. Like, it- But honestly, I just... I still found these kind of nice and just the tone being kind of quiet and soothing. And for me, that kind of... Oh yeah, kind of just hit home. yeah. It's fine. It's just like it's yeah. not stuff I'm gonna put on oh, yeah, yeah. for myself. Kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with the music itself. It is more of a problem with you know our <clears throat> personal, true you know, mental connections. Like, well, uh, that's fine. Also, the like, it Tuesday is so close to being the guitar girl at the party. Like, if she didn't mm-hmm. have, I can see that. if she wasn't so moe, she'd be the guitar guy at the party. I can see it. I can see it, but like I said, it's. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah it, it, it's it's really not a, a commentary yeah. about anything inherent to the show. No, I I, I completely understand. Like, yeah, I can see it. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I'm sorry, sorry I didn't jive with you. I really, because I was thinking this might this might get him. This might get him. No, it, it, it's it's another one of those. It's fine because it's not for me, but it, yeah. it didn't upset me either, so that's fine. Yeah, and like I said, that's fine. But no, I'm like I said, I'm glad Bob and Joe. I'm glad to hear you'll look into it. Maybe. Depending on how you like how it ends, maybe Q and Nick and see if that tickles his fancy at that point. If not, eh, then we are where we are. Yeah, I, I was into it enough that I would definitely like look up how the show ends. How about that? That's fair. I, I mean, I would encourage it. I wasn't going to, but now that you say that, like, I would encourage it just because, you know, may, maybe that changes your opinion enough to maybe give it a shot. And if not, again, eh, that's fine. We are where we are. Yeah, my, I don't know. Well, that, that's, yeah. That'll be my journey for later. Yeah. If you do, I hope you tell me, because I'm, I'm curious. Uh, but yeah. So, let's talk about that uh, luggage horse. <laughs> that is like the third ranking down. We gotta go through the other <laughs> ones first. Uh, I'm eager to talk about luggage horse. Because while we're talking about styles of music, let's talk about the opening 
openings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. There were two of them. There were. Uh-huh. And thank, I'm glad you listened to them because, and I had to make sure you would, because Netflix, amongst putting things in Netflix jail, also likes to tell openings and endings to F off. And this one, I feel personally, is kind of criminal to do that. But please, tell me your thoughts. I actually really appreciate the way that, like, they specifically structured this show. The reason why the the whole seven-minute miracle monologue happens at the beginning of every show is because that is something that's going to be skipped. The the where, where the as far as like Netflix, you know, skipping points go, these are actually extremely well lined up because they always skip directly to where the previous episode recap ends, the title card comes mm-hmm. up and new content begins. So every time it jumps, you're actually not missing anything new. You're you're missing the the intro song because it doesn't play on the first step. It does play on the second app, but it automatically starts skipping on the second app. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I don't think I'm gonna miss that that intro too much. I watched it every episode, but I was I was like, because it was by request, it was by me. I'm like, I, there was something about the animation to the intro that like the the whatever like animation pacing was on it was kind of giving me a headache. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. I loved it. Something about it just jived with me. And and I forgive me, I I should have been more clear. I just want to make sure you saw the first and second e- opens and endings. Yeah, yeah. Just because for the intro songs, but yeah, that's I couldn't remember which one they started on. <clears throat> I'm sure it wasn't two or three, but I was like, eh, it's too late by the time I realized I hadn't put it in there. Mm-hmm. Um No, oh, I loved that. I I something about it just struck a chord with me. I feel so bad. <laughs> Go on. Because this is going to be the second time where I have to agree with Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here I was prepared to have my heart broken. I love when I'm, I win. Looking through our list, I'm going to put this at number four. Number four. So that's going to put it above Spy Yo. Family. Wow. Wait, which one? Because there's two endings and two openings. The endings we don't do, although they rocked as well. The opening sure, number... Sure. Uh, opening number two is where I'd put it for. Opening number one, okay. I'm not going to list. Oh. Like, I can see it. It's I fine. It. It's workable. It doesn't make a top ten for me. You know, that's fair. And I can I can see that, and that's fine. But, yo, that that number four spot. Yo, yeah, take that's, that. That's that is high praise. And then the endings are fantastic, too. And I like the art style there as well. I really love Yo. the second ending. That one was yeah, more my kind of music. I love them both, but yeah. And as you were speaking, Nick, I was thinking, uh, this oddly is music I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I can get where you're coming from because this is not any of the artists that they're referencing in the themes. Yeah, I would. But I would, that style of music I enjoy. I was, I was just thinking about this as we've been talking about it, but like, for all of the like real world song titles and artists that they talk about, we never they don't use anything real. It is only spoken about, right? Like all the mm-hmm. music that we hear in the show is mm-hmm. crafted for this show and then a lot of times is the like, you know, when we got when we're on the the got talent show in the thing, it is 
you know, original competitions that are trying to be something new and diverse because, hey, it's future and things will be different in the future. Oh, my God. I just realized we forgot something. What? Back in episode three. Yeah. Gus was responsible for Bruno being able to have his concert on Mars. Oh, my goodness. I groaned so much with that. I did, too, and I loved how much it hurt. What? That's the reference to Bruno on Bruno Mars. Mars. Yeah. Oh, that went all yeah. the way over my head. I, uh, I thought it was Bruno as in... Um, uh, mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen? No. no. Uh, Bruce Willis's singing alter ego. Oh. That was Bruno, wasn't it? I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll go find a sample of that. I won't go go on without me. <laughs> Sorry, I just for some reason that picked back up in my head. I'm like the pun. That whole section was great in general. Actually, just him like referring to musical stuff and all the kids being like, "Who's that? What?" Uh, mm-hmm. True to life, too. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I, I really love the show. It's so well done. Oh, and I had no waifus. Um, Android anime waifus. Suitcase. Cow's chair. Suitcase is a horse. I will allow the suitcase <laughs> to be a horse. What about Ziggy? What about the most Ziggy? adorable of? That's our new. I'm not gonna uh, waifu no Ziggy. <laughs> well, good, but I was gonna say I mentioned in one of our other. Cha- I'm also putting uh, that on cha- the t-shirt list. Yeah, that actually is really good. Um. This is why I was saying we might need a new tier list of just like animal mascots. Uh, we're because running Ziggy, kind of late. I, I don't know. disagree. We'll keep that in mind for next season. Yes, next season. Ziggy best bird bot. I will put the suitcase at five. <gasps> it made the horse Below the Vespa. Oh. Below you the know, Vespa. I didn't expect it to like take top one, but it is writable. Samsonite R two D two deserves it. Has like it does have the legs. I will. I argument against it, although still technically above six and seven, is it died. (laughs) It it recharged though. She did recharge it. She did recharge it, it, and it was very happy recharging on that goat cart. Then it disappeared. It was in one episode, and, and then it got yoinked. Died. That guy's a horse thief. <laughs> you know what we do to, to rustlers around these parts? We sing yeah. a song at him. Nope. <laughs> I don't think we. Oh, we did have a flying pussyfoot. Uh, <laughs> I will put the goat cart at number two. <laughs> um. Okay. So the uh. Goat train car is the second most flying pussyfoot. What if the train was the new future flying pussyfoot? I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) Like, what if it was just renamed that? And then uh, the two whose name I can't remember were also on board somewhere in the city. Uh, Amelia and Isaac? Yes, living their best lives. See, now, that's what I want to see. That is the... Uh, I'd still be alive then. Talking about uh, perfect couples don't exist. It's Carol and Tuesday, and then Miria and Isaac, 
and then yes. So you, you said something earlier about uh, mostly action shows. We have had mm-hmm. uh, a Gretzuko. True, true. I forgot about a Gretzuko. Yes, uh, so did I. Um, I somehow <laughs> I this one things. felt a little more relatable. Yes. Oh my god, that is like the only non-action show before this one. This one had explosions in it, so is it really a non-action it show? It was not an explosion. There was there was no uh, powering up to to do you know your spirit energy. No big special magic space gun. No red they were eye. Smart and ran no away way. from the explosion. Yeah, they away. hit. No one, no one tore off the foot of their robot's cover, or the covering of the robot foot to do amazingly detailed gear mechanical work. Um, no one had a Nadesco. But like, Angela is gonna be a Vegeta later, right? Arguably, she's Vegeta from the beginning. She's always a Vegeta. You can tell that she's gonna be part of it at some point. These stories she's, are she's gonna just merge. gonna be, yeah. She's oh, she's absolutely. I mean, she's part of the first arc in the sense of she also on Mars has got talent. She, she like the perfect song. The perfect uh, song. her first perfect song. She gets another perfect song later. Yeah, this one will be even more perfect. I, yeah, I mean, essentially, yes. of, uh, what is the name of the group with uh, Jack Black? Tenacious D. Tenacious D. Yes. Oh, my God. That's the only thing that was missing from this. <laughs> oh, my God. That's actually pretty great. Oh, the show would have been per- like even more perfect with it. But speaking of our list... I believe that brings us to the final part of our show. A mere three hours and eight minutes into recording. (laughs) That's fine. This is not the worst. This is only a trip. But true. Uh, But yeah, let's uh, decide what we're going to watch next week. Joe, would you like to read the honors? We have two shows left in the modern average anime fair tier. So you have a choice between just a guy who's a hero for a hobby and can I offer you a nice Jelnana in this trying world line? I already know what he's going to pick. Oh, you absolutely do, because that Jelnana is going to stay till the last. <laughs> yep, you said that from day one of this tier, and it's <laughs> bothered me, but also made me happy. That makes me really happy, because that means next time we'll be watching One Punch Man. Really? I've actually heard of this show. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. a single episode. <laughs> I figured it's about when uh, Caillou grew up. <laughs> it is yeah, about, yeah, it's about when well didn't Caillou have like cancer or something no never mind oh, uh, not actually oh, that was the theory because he was, a small... he was a small bull yeah. boy and I, somebody yes. was like oh is he like a, a terminal cancer patient chemo whatever yeah. like okay no alright never mind not wow. that <laughs> that's dark for a kids show uh, that's why it wasn't actually the thing it's just the only thing I remember about Caillou throws fits and gets whatever he wants uh, Each day he grows some more. One Punch Man, or no, Caillou. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yes. Isn't that the song? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be watching One Punch Man. I love that show, Joe. You love that show. I love that show, and I love the story of this show. Yes. Um, in the sense of the meta sense of like the story of how the show came to be. Uh, Bob, you and I are going to go on a journey. I was about to ask if if you had experience, but oh, I had not. I am so excited, y'all! Oh, I am so excited. We are going to treat (laughs) you two 
Oh man, we gotta pick episodes. Yes, I have some ideas. I have multiple ideas. I'm gonna have to pare it down. I'm gonna have to rewatch the entire series to pick my. Oh yeah, of course. This this is the new thing. Uh We rewatch a whole series to pick two Uh three or four episodes, and then Bob gets a super abridged version of a show. Uh It's great. It's the best. Um, We should just call this the Gauntlet. (laughs) Okay, well that's gonna. Now that we have that to look forward to next time. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us on Deep in the Weebs. And until next time, uh, love and peace. Enjoy music. Deep in the Weebs is a show by Chuck, Nick, Joe, and Bob. Our theme music is Kawaii Friends by C. Cotty 3. You can find our show on YouTube or subscribe to the audio-only version on iTunes or wherever podcasts are served. Thank you.